Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. And best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. Go right now to 4patriots.com slash on the right to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included for free. So go to 4patriots.com slash on the right. That's 4patriots, the number 4, patriots.com slash on the right. 505. 55KRC, the talk station. It is Friday. Yay. There you go. You know, it's Friday when Joe Strucker hits the woohoo button. Appreciate that, Joe. Just confirming what I think we all know. TGIF. And uh, stick around all morning. I'm going to miss Dave Hatter. Dave Hatter uh, is taking a vacation day. I don't know if he's taking a week, a day, a month, whatever. He's not on today. So I'll look forward to next Friday, another edition of that. Do have some tech-related stuff to talk about nonetheless, but no Dave Hatter at 630. So uh, we do get a bonus, though, this morning because at 740, my friends from the Donna Schwab and German Society are going to come into the studio to talk about, at least I think they are. Are they coming in, Joe? Of course. <laughs> During COVID, that was a legitimate question because they didn't have the events. And sometimes we just get dial-ins to get an update on what was going on in the various organizations that normally are here with plenty of food and drink. Anyway, that's today. Donna Schwaben shows up at 740. Looking forward to that. They're going to be talking about Schwabenfest. Time to get your German on this weekend. Uh, always a good time. And hopefully the weather will cooperate. There's a little chance of rain on Saturday and uh, Sunday, just a slight chance of rain. So looking pretty good weather-wise for uh, Schwabenfest. Get the deets at 740. You can also find them on my blog page, 55krc.com. Ron Wilson, 805 with Ron out of the garden of the studio, which I love on a Friday. Jason Williams, Politics Extra, as well as other columns he writes for the Cincinnati Inquirer today. Reporting that John Barrett says Cincinnati needs an arena with a retractable roof. Okay. I don't know where that came from. And no, I don't know if he's volunteering to pay for it, Joe. I, okay. An arena with a retractable roof. Uh, GOP spor- uh, pork spending in Columbus. Uh, Jason having a go at the uh, Republicans for their antics in Columbus. Get the details from Jason Williams at 840. So between now and then, you can feel feel free to call if you care of it, too. You can open the phone lines up, Joe. 749-5500, area code 513-749-5500, 800-823-TALK, or hit pound 550 on AT&T phones. I'm not going to dive on into the January 6th committee thing yesterday. Um, I didn't watch it. Joe, did you sit glued in front of the television set yesterday? Yeah, oh yeah. Whole thing, end to end, right? Um, It's a sham, it's a scam, it's a joke uh, for a whole variety of reasons, but going to push off holding on that, uh, getting into that for a moment, and uh, dive on into some different things. 
We got, uh, well, a whole bunch of legislation being talked uh, talked about in Congress, of course. Gun legislation seems to be stalled. You know, uh, the whole Chucky e. Schumer, I'm going to wait till we get something, and we're not quite there yet. They were hoping to have a vote on something by this week. Nope, not happening. Uh, in spite of the fact that uh, Justice Brett Kavanaugh was also almost assassinated the other day, um, Democrats would not push for uh, advance a bill passed previously in the Senate by unanimous consent that would provide extra security for the Supreme Court justices and their family. Unanimous consent in the Senate. They actually agreed across the board on something. Everybody here agree? Yeah, unanimously. Boom. So it went through the Senate bipartisan? Absolutely. You know what the, the makeup is? It's a split. It's it's a split down the middle. Go to the House? Nah, we're, we're, we're not going to vote on it. No, we, we won't have any of that. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said yesterday the House will, will take up the Senate bill next week. Why not take it up this week? Why not just go for unanimous consent? Well, they tried that. It didn't work. <laughs> Senate passed the bill last month. House Democrats blocked the effort this week by House Republicans to pass the bill by unanimous consent. Question, why? No one seems to answer that question. I've read quite a few articles on this. I don't see any specific answer as to why they blocked the effort. Again, it passed by unanimous consent. And said nothing goes by unanimous consent anymore. Anyway, Senator John Corn or Senator John Cornyn and Chris Coons, both senators, proposed the legislation, uh, the Supreme Court Police Parity Act. This after protesters uh, leaked the draft opinion indicating that Roe v. Wade would overturn. Yeah, I know, and um, that resulted in activists sharing the Supreme Court justices' home address, doxing them, encouraging people to show up at their homes, and in fact. Um, Former Press Secretary Jen Peppermint Psaki said the president had no problem with those protests. Hmm, isn't that interesting? It was a weird uh, kind of recitation or rundown of quite, this. This is nothing new. These attacks on um, Supreme Court justices and other judges. We've had some in the news of late. In fact, one got killed. Uh, back in 1889, Justice Stephen Field was attacked on a train by an unhappy litigant and they had a U.S. Marshal assigned to him even back in 1889. Put that guy out of his misery. Shot and killed him. I don't... Then, you know, Joe, that's an interesting question. Joe was curious to know what color gun it was used in the, in the attack um, on the uh, attacker. What was the U.S. Marshal's gun? What type of gun was it? We didn't know if it was a semi-automatic or a revolver, Joe, because I'm guessing it was a revolver because I believe the uh, semi-automatics came out in the early 1900s, really early 1900s. There's a gun There's a gun guy out there going, no, no, Thomas, you should know better than that. Anyway, the color of the gun used by the U.S. Marshal is not part of the reporting. Uh, you know who else got death threats? Justice Harry Blackmun, the author of Roe v. Wade. And this is not shocking to me, although the volume of death threats and attacks he got was pretty significant. Um, he was interviewed in 1985, and he said he would received more than 60,000 pieces of hate mail. Uh, referred, referring to him, uh, among other things, as the butcher of Dachau, murderer, Pontius Pilate, King Herod, you name it. His words. Justice Byron White. Uh, got hit by a man complaining about pornography and busing. That in 1982, he asked Congress to increase the court's security budget in 1985, saying all of us, 
are more careful where we go and what we do. Now, we currently have police protecting them. They have authority, police, Supreme Court police. They have their own police department, have the authority to protect justices and employees while they perform official duties. And I believe it is that limitation that the new legislation is going after. The proposed legislation would extend that to not only to the justices outside the performance of their official duties, but also immediate family members. And that's what apparently some other government officials get. Chris Cornyn, uh, earlier this week on Wednesday, criticized the House Democrats for not moving faster on the legislation. Stanny Hoyer, Democrat and House Majority Leader, talking Wednesday to reporters, said, I hope we're close. We think employees of the court ought to be protected. You've got the bill right there. It's the Senate one. Again, unanimous consent in the Senate. It went through. Stick a fork in it. It's done. It would show that actually there's something being done, which is hilarious, um, because Bernie Sanders came out of his um, his cave the other day to start complaining about the current situation with the Democrat Party. And he's recommending a change in course. It's pretty it, well. I, I thought this his comments were rather perplexing and comical. Uh, Democrats are acknowledging that they can't get what they want because the Senate, right? That's been their argument. Well, they're going to have the votes in the Senate. On the votes in the Senate, and they're trying to figure out how to you know do something so they can get some traction going in November. Bernie Sanders, speaking to, um, well, referring to Senator Joe Manchin, obviously a thorn in Bernie Sanders' sign, say to the American people, look, we don't have the votes to do it right now. We have two corporate Democrats who are not going to be with us. And I laughed when I saw that. Corporate Democrats? Is this the old school of the Republican Party? Is the party in bed with the corporations and the Democrats or the working man's party? Those days are gone, man. Corporations have gone all full woke thanks to pressure by activists and this whole green revolution and nonsense. And actually, you know, support of Congress, the twisting of arms, the ESG scores, all that's corporate le- uh, leftism. They're all corporation y. <laughs> Bernie went on to say the leadership has got to go out. This is his, this is their strategy in November. Leadership has got to go out and say, we don't have the votes to pass anything significant right now. Sorry, you got 48 votes and we need more to pass it. That should be the message of the campaign. Pass what, Bernie? Build back better? Another five plus trillion dollars thrown in an already overheated economy? No, that don't think that's the answer. And it's not, it doesn't have traction among the electorate. That's little folks like you and me out here in the world having to deal with their policies. None of them are popular. We need more to pass it. Fill in the blank. What is it? <laughs> the words of Sanders, two corporate Democrats, Senators Manchin, Senator Simonis, sabotaged Build Back Better, and it has been downhill ever since for the Democratic Party. I, I, you know, when I read that, I think, okay, if they had passed Build Back Better, do you think we would be better off right now? I mean, a lot of economists are already blaming the inflationary pressures that we've got here. And I know there's other factors involved. You can't deny it. But when you throw into an economy trillions of dollars over a very short period of time, that's giving people a whole lot of spending money. The demand increases with the money that's been put in people's hands. They want to go out and buy stuff. 
And that, oh, that's right, those supply chain problems, COVID lockdowns and everything, really caused businesses to adjust their business models and pare back. It's what happened with the oil industry. You know, nobody was buying oil because nobody was driving around as much anymore. They decreased the amount of production that was coming out of the ground. They delayed projects. They closed refineries and reduced our production of oil. And, you know, you can't just flip that switch and turn it back on. And yet the fl- the switch was flipped insofar as the infusion of massive amounts of cash into the economy. There's your inflationary reality right there. Senator Elizabeth Warren also raising alarms about the Democrats' dire situation. Warren and Sanders both serve on Chucky Schumer's leadership team. Quote, again, they're talking about strategy to get them votes going in November. Number one on our to-do list is to do the things that we can. Let that sink in. Number two is to drive home how the Republicans are blocking us in critical areas from doing the things that this nation desperately needs on. And here's where she at least sheds a little light on whatever the hell it is she's talking about. Abortion, guns, voting rights. We need to hammer the Republicans relentlessly on what they won't do. I like her number one priority. Do the things that we can. Um, Anybody have any idea what things she's talking about? And if they could do things, why hadn't they done them already? Because they don't have things on their plate other than radical, radical, massive spending and social agenda. Green. And the American public, when you're staring at literally gas prices hitting $5 national average yesterday, it's already national average 5 bucks. You got that reality going on. It's, you're not going to be more popular with the American people who are struggling to pay their bills. Sanders reported once a more sustained focus from Biden. Well, there's a tall order advising him to say, quote, I want to raise the minimum wage. They're still on that. Inflation has already raised the minimum wage. Bernie, people aren't working for the old minimum wage. Is anybody out there even offering a $7 and change job anymore? I mean, without laughing at themselves, thinking they can get someone to take it. Minimum wage. I want to deal with another great one. Quote, quote, right? I want to deal with Medicare. No, that's insightful. I want to deal with housing. I want to deal with climate. I can't do it. I need more votes. See, you know, if Democrats put a little more flesh on the bones of these, you know, broad based, I just want to do something proposals, honestly, I think going to November, they'd be worse off. 518-55KRCD Talk Station, 749-5500, 800-823-TALK. Pound 550 on your AT&T phone. In another couple of weeks here, we're getting five, as I mentioned, right now, 58 at 55KRCD Talk Station. I'm Joe Biden, and I approve this message. Let's go, Brandon. Oh, did I mention uh, $5 national average for uh, gasoline? Huh. Anybody still seeing those I did that stickers out there? All right, moving from Bernie Sanders and in comments over to something even more concerning. Joe Biden's performance on Jimmy Kimmel Live, which I doubt very many people watch. You know, it's interesting. The guy's holed up in his bunker in his uh, cave, Joe Biden, for 100 days, not saying a word really to anybody, not taking or doing a press or anything. What's he do? He shows up on a late night program, Jimmy Kimmel, that does not have significant ratings. 
Well, at least he knows he's going to get softball questions, and uh, he is there in a warm and, and, and welcoming environment. Uh, he needs a lesson in constitutional law. Uh, when the subject of Roe v. Wade, Roe v. Wade potentially being overturned came up, uh, Joe Biden had this to say. I think if the, Now, remember the basis for the overturning of Roe v. Wade ultimately is if Alito's opinion is the law. It points to the Constitution itself and points out the obvious that there's no provision for abortion in the Constitution. It wasn't something the framers even considered or discussed. It was widely outlawed, almost exclusively outlawed at the time the Constitution was ratified. It was obviously being handled by the states. That's the point. Since it's not in there, it is one of those powers reserved to the states. It's a fundamental principle of our Constitution and the biggest thorn in the uh, those the powers that be that want to control us, it's the biggest thorn in their side. That damn Constitution limits the scope of federal powers. That damn Constitution. That's the point. States will control this issue. Biden quote: I think if the court overrules Roe v. Wade, Roe v. Wade, and does what is drafted, if that occurs, I think we the mouse in his pocket, and him. I think we have to we have to legislate it. We have to make sure we pass legislation making it a law that is is the federal government says this is how it works. I think he needs a primer in basic constitutional law. If the Constitution does not call for it and the Supreme Court has pointed that out, look, dude, this is not a federal power thing. You can't pass, therefore, legislation. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. And best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. Go right now to 4 slash on the right to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included for free. So go to 4 slash on the right. That's 4Patriots, the number 4, Patriots.com slash on the right. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Springing from your federal powers to deal with abortion. It's a state issue. And the first person impacted by or as soon as the legislation would be drafted, and if it were to pass and Biden signed it into law, then, well, it would be thrown out by the courts. Pursuant to the recent ruling by the Supreme Court, the federal government does not have control over issues of abortion. Anyway, quote, I don't think the country will stand for it. He he went on to say, I think what we're going to have to do, there's some executive orders I could employ. We believe we're looking at that right now. So not even in the purview of the federal government, if that goes through legislation, probably won't get passed, but he'd have to wait for it. Executive order time. Uh, No, no. And then he mentioned revolution. I'm sure you heard about this. It's clear that if, in fact, 
the decision comes down the way it does and these states impose limitations they're talking about, it's going to cause a mini revolution. Ooh, that's a dangerous word there, isn't it? Especially given the situation with Justice Kavanaugh. Oh, and the January 6th riots going on. They're going to vote lots of folks out of office. Now, I'm going to give Biden credit that he wasn't referring to a revolution in the sense of people taking up arms against each other. He's talking about a voter revolution. They're going to, they're going to vote lots of folks out of office. Then he went on to say you got to make sure that you vote. But clearly needs a refresher course in basic constitutional law. 526 local stories coming up. Phone calls are always welcome. First, Dr. Fred Peck. He's a great dentist. One. Happy Friday. Got some local stories to dive on into. And she's back in the Hamilton County Justice Center. The woman, the blue ash woman who walked out of the Justice Center the other day. <laughs> they picked her up. Uh, quarter to three yesterday, uh, Sheriff's Office official said Cordell, that would be her name, uh, had been picked up and she was on the way back to the Justice Center. Melissa Cordell, specifically 37 years old, walked out of the Justice Center with other individuals who were being officially released. Officials said Cordell was being held in a misdemeanor ch- uh, theft charge and had only just been brought into the Justice Center's intake area. It happened just around 3 p.m. on Wednesday. So 24 hours she was free. Sheriff's Office said uh, <clears throat> Last night, that it, or Wednesday night, that an investigation into how she was able to leave the facility was underway. She just walked out. One person dead, another hospitalized after a crash. This in Ellesmere, Kentucky. Ellesmere Police Department responding to a collision of the northbound lanes of Turkey Foot Road near Industrial Road. About quarter to five yesterday in the afternoon, one driver found dead at the scene, the other taken to the hospital with unknown injuries. Officers at the scene said one of the cars crossed the median traveling into oncoming traffic. Cause not known at this time. Police have not identified the person who died. Crash is being investigated along with uh, Kenton County Star Team. Ellesmere and Florence Fire Departments provided assistance, and God bless each and every of the first responders. Driver of a white 2011 Chevy Cruze fled from police uh, from I-75 North on Mitchell to where he blew through a red light hitting another car. Hamilton County Sheriff's Office said an officer saw the Chevrolet driven by 19-year-old Anthony Thompson Jr. make an evasive maneuver, moving over three lanes without a turn signal, then passing a car in front of him by driving up the right shoulder of the highway before pulling off Mitchell Avenue exit. Deputy activated his lights and siren following the car to the Mitchell exit. Thompson then ran a red light to the bottom of the ramp and attempted to re-enter northbound I-75, but was hit by the driver of a Honda Accord, who had right-of-way and a green light. Caused the Chevy to flip. Thompson then tried to run from the scene, but officers caught him and arrested him. Both he and his passengers sustained non-life-threatening injuries. Both found to have outstanding warrants for their arrests. Driver of the Honda and his six-year-old daughter were treated at the scene and then released. Thankfully, they were not seriously injured. Thompson charged with failing to comply with an order from police officers and resisting arrest. Crash caused power at the intersection to go out as well. And I got a text from or a post from Westside Jim Keeper this morning said the West Side's out of power and Duke Energy said it'd be off till about 7.15. So no, 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 I don't know the reason why I asked him and he wasn't sure, but he did get a call from Duke. Cheviot man arrested after he was found in possession of an SD card that contained images of child porn. Joe, I think we got an award to give out. Local boy, Paul Salvatore Naglia, facing five counts of pandering sexually oriented material involving a minor and four counts of illegal use of a minor in nudity oriented material and performance. Arrested on Tuesday after Cheviot police received a tip from the mother of his children. Earlier this month, she gave Cheviot police officer an SD card she found inside the home. 
telling investigators she thought the SD card likely contained child porn because of Nagila's strange behavior that involved the theft of children's underwear from clotheslines in neighbors' homes. She told investigators uh, Neglia would uh, spend hours in the basement on the computer and says he was always changing passwords. She also found a burner phone that he smashed when she confronted him about it. SD card, according to officials, contained video of child porn and images of a male um, pleasuring himself with children's underwear. Bond said at $225,000, that's $25,000 for each count. Joe, cue it up. The biggest douche of the universe in all the galaxies. There's no bigger douche than you. You've reached the top, the pinnacle of douche dumb. Good going, douche. Your dreams have come true. 535, 55 KRCD Talk Station, 749-5500, 888-23-TALK. Oh, look, Tom's on the phone. Tom, get your call coming out of the gate. Bond Furniture is located in downtown Loveland's Bond KRCD Talk Station. Can you play John the Fisherman? Got to be Friday at 540. The answer is always yes. Going to go to the phones here in a second. 749-5500, 888-23-TALK. Pound 550 on AT&T phone. Looking forward to 740 with the Donna Schwaben folks, bringing in some food and talking Schwabenfest for this weekend. In the meantime... Indeed. And as promised, Tom's on the phone here. We're going to take his call out of the gate before we get to Stack of Stupid. Tom, happy Friday. Hey, good morning. You mean to tell me they're, they're almost done with the 75-74 interchange? That's, that's not possible. <laughs> it's all it's almost like a normal thing in, in town now. We're almost going to miss it, right? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no? <laughs> Joe, seems, Joe seems to think that Man, they will just immediately start a new project that is equally uh, problematic for drivers. But in the meantime, enjoy right. it while it lasts. Right where the new project ends, they're starting the next one. So, yeah, no, no sense getting rid of any congestion. Yeah. Um, Probably yeah, a leftover uh, shovel-ready uh, project from Barack Obama's administration. Right. Right, right. That's exactly what I was thinking. Joe was saying, Joe's not in his head in agreement, isn't he? Yep. <laughs> um, this whole thing about um, all these emotional pleas that, that these Democrats are, are using to try to get their policies through and try to win public opinion, that, that, that's their best ar- uh, arsenal they have is, is, uh, is emotion. Right. Uh, my dad and I could not be more politically uh, opposed to each other. But I, I learned several things from him, and one of the biggest one is emotion trumps policy or uh, logic. Emotion trumps logic every time if you let it. And and the Democrats count on people getting stirred up emotionally, whether it's gun control or abortion or anything else that they're trying to push through. It's all about emotion, and you cannot use emotion if you want to affect public policy. It, it's a bad idea, and things turn out wrong. So we got to make sure we don't let this stuff happen. So don't vote Democrat. Have a great weekend, Tom. Yeah, I mean, you can make emotional arguments, I understand. And sometimes very serious policy issues are are wrapped in emotion from time to time. But ultimately, it is what you are proposing and the ideas and the thoughts and concepts that go into a proposed legislation or quote-unquote solution. That's what wins over people. Hmm, that's logical. That's reasonable. That's affordable. 
you go through the whole litany of things that you do when you analyze anything. Can we afford it? Is it workable? Uh, do we have the resources? Is it going to actually address the problem? When you talk about the gun control issue, 99.999% of everything they propose wouldn't have stopped or otherwise impacted a, um, well, whatever gun situation has created the emotion that results in proposed legislation. It's just this, it is what it is. And if the Democrats had good proposals, thoughts, and ideas, they wouldn't need to use emotion to sell them. They would sell themselves. Uh, Over to Stack of Stupid, police arrested a man in Louisville for vandalism and burglary. Happened on the um, same street as a suspicious house fire that happened Tuesday. 35-year-old Adam Baxter charged with burglary, criminal mischief. Police say they found him uh, Wednesday night naked. As is tradition. Indeed, wrapped in a blanket, walking along River Knowles Drive. Police believe the blanket was from a stolen car, so otherwise he would have been completely naked. As is tradition. Mm -hmm. Uh, Police said they thanked the community for the information that led to his arrest. Based on preliminary information, we do not believe these acts are targeted at any specific individual, they pointed out. Investigators looking into the possibility that he was connected to two house fires. Uh, first fire happened about 9 p.m. on one road, and two hours later, a call came in for another house fire. Arson investigators are looking into them. Naked guy with a lighter, I guess. And we go from naked to half naked. <laughs> oh, Kathy Grimes right. A woman I see on my daily morning hikes on William Land Park in Sacramento was attacked by a homeless man. He, had told, he, he, he attacked to, uh, took place as I was finishing my walk returning home. The only thing separating the woman attacked and me is my German shepherd, Hans, which is a good thing to have. Said Hans and I have been attacked by a homeless woman's pit bull. Hmm. Woman attacked screamed as the homeless guy pinned her to the ground as she couldn't get away. And as she screamed, an employee at the golf course hopped into a golf cart and rode to the woman's rescue. Said he and other citizen had to pull the individual off of her, according to the PGA pro at the golf course right there. Anyway, Sacramento police, they re- local news they're reporting, uh, arrived to the scene, didn't make an arrest. They took the suspect to the hospital for a mental health evaluation at the victim's request. For a police officer to take enforcement on a misdemeanor that does not occur in their presence and involve the party who would need to declare their desire to perform a citizen's arrest, which the police can facilitate, the involved person in this incident did not desire for any criminal enforcement to take place. So they gave half-naked woman a pass. 545. As is tradition. 5KRC Talk Station. Well, if they hadn't given her a pass, you know the prosecutor's office would have given given her a pass, right? Station. 550, 55KRC, the Talk Station. Happy Friday. Just did the weather there, and uh, as the traffic came in, Joe just uh, spoke to me. He said he looked at the forecast for next week. They're predicting highs in the hundreds next week. You said Tuesday and Wednesday, Joe? God. It's hot. Damn hot, real hot. Where you born on the sun, it's damn hot. There you are. Next week's forecast in advance. Back over to the stack of stupid and more naked, naturally. And Florida. They go hand in hand. Man- tradition. <laughs> Man showering with a woman was arrested in Polk County, Florida. Deputy says, chose a particularly awkward moment to serve an arrest warrant. Naked man and woman in a towel arrested in Polk County. Polk County. Phrasing. <laughs> I'm not going to ask for any enlightenment on how you connected Polk County. Phrasing. With that. 29. Polk. P-O-L-K. Not P-O-K-E, Joseph. 
29-year-old suspect, a man, was in his shower with a female friend when deputies showed up at Polk County Sheriff's Office, said, or the, the sheriff's office said in their news release, quote, a couple of deputies knocked on the front door and a woman answered wearing nothing but a towel and appeared wet. That, according to the sheriff's office statement, Phrasing. which went on to say these deputies weren't detectives, but their keen investigative skills led them to believe that she just got out of the shower. <laughs> She told deputies that nobody else was in the house, and she even told deputies to come in and look if they wanted. Mm, they did. The search followed, of course, leading police deputies to a locked bedroom door. A woman told deputies she did not have a key. That prompted the deputy to go inside, or outside, rather, and just climb through the bedroom window. There, they found, uh, the deputy found a wet, naked man hiding behind a door in the in the bathroom. He conceded that he and the woman were in the shower together when the deputy showed up. Man arrested for two felony warrants for tampering with a victim and burglary with assault and battery. Woman also arrested for trying to hide him. Both transported to jail. Properly attired. Police say investigators are looking for a kidnapping suspect who allegedly tied up, stripped, and robbed two men. This in Union City, Atlanta. Police arrested at least one person, but did not provide details about pending charges. A spokesman for the Union Police Department said a dispute was related to furniture. Just walk away. According to police, officers responded to two calls about 20 minutes apart in the same subdivision. Someone called around 7 p.m. to report a man wearing a black ski mask running away from a black Acura. Then someone told police they saw two naked men in handcuffs walking through the neighborhood. As is tradition. Officer found the man, one completely naked, another with a gray shirt wrapped around his waist, walking on Jonesboro Road about 7.30 in the evening. man covered up by a shirt was stumbling and bleeding from his right arm. He also had duct tape around his neck. When the cop asked the partially clothed injured man what happened, the report said he replied, quote, someone just tried to kidnap me. Completely naked man told police he was just sitting in his car in the Brookstone subdivision when two men in ski masks held him at gunpoint and took him behind a house. Victim ran to and tried to climb a fence to escape, but he got cut by barbed wire. The victim said in a police report that the abductors took off his clothes and they stole his driver license. Police report says the partially clothed victim said kidnappers put an AR-15 to his face, tied him up, and threw both of them into the woods. Injured man said he may have been shot in the back of the head while he was trying to run away. Is that sat in the patrol car and told police his white Chevrolet Impala was gone. He said, according to the police report, they took my guns, my car, my guns were in my car. Injured man uh, told his father, who arrived at the scene, that someone they apparently knew kidnapped them. First responders later took the victim to Grady Memorial Hospital. Before discovering the victims, police were investigating separate calls describing this black Acura that I mentioned. Officers responding call found the vehicle with multiple bullet holes. Someone reported the suspicious Acura had returned around after eight officers went to a nearby cul-de-sac, couldn't find it, but found kidnapping victims Chevy Impala. And the Credence, Joe. They, they, they found the Credence. <laughs> no, no mention of the color of the firearm, Joseph. <laughs> Joe, Joe opines that because they did not report the color of the firearm at issue, that they will not be able to locate the uh, suspects. Don't need to really dive into a whole lot more about this one than just read the headline, which is rather comical. Houston man who raps about robbing ATMs on YouTube arrested for robbing a Tennessee ATM. Idiots doing idiot <laughs> things because they're idiots. Ladesian Riley, 30 years old. He goes by the uh, rap name Jug God. 
recently shared a video on YouTube called Make It Home, in which he raps about robbing money from machines outside of Texas. Sang about having thousands of dollars in a vehicle and praying to come home. Arrested after an alleged heist, along with uh, someone named Darius Dugas and uh, Shashandre Dugas, and Christopher Alton was there as well. This is a motel in Tennessee. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. And best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. Go right now to 4 slash on the right to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included for free. So go to 4 slash on the right. That's 4Patriots, the number 4, Patriots.com slash on the right. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Two suspects approached the ATM technician servicing the machine uh, from behind, told him not to do anything stupid and hand over the money. One of the getaway vehicles was a Hyundai Elantra that had been rented from Hertz. Detectives, of course, eventually discovered the car, as well as a Jeep at a Motel 6 later in the day. They were ultimately arrested. 555, coming up in 556, 55KRC, the talk station. Plenty more to talk about. A little insight into the January 6th farce that's going on right now. That and your phone calls are always welcome. I'll be right back after the news. Price increases. Rising crime. The spending in Washington. Eliminate. The stuff. Well, I was just wondering. People are talking about Are they, they turning Washington into a circus? 55KRC, the talk station. 606 here, 55 KRC, the talk station, and happy Friday. Brian Thomas right here, executive producer of the program, Joe Strecker in there. Got a good show lined up. Uh, sadly, no Tech Friday Dave had at the bottom of this hour. It's one of my favorite segments of the week and get to learn so much from Dave. Um, and I did see uh, there was a Wall Street Journal article that was published, I guess, a couple of days ago, June 6th. Uh, headline, Small Businesses Struggle with an Increase in Cyber Attacks. Subheadline, he brings this up all the time. Part of the problem, small businesses don't believe they are targets, so they don't make security a priority. And I, 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 he probably, I've had a dollar for every time he pointed that out, that yes, as small as your business may be, you are a target, period, end of story. Probably could uh, take early retirement. Anyway, Dave's taking a day off today, and he can do that. He's allowed a vacation day. We allow him. He didn't ask for a permission slip ahead of time, though. Your phone calls are always welcome. You don't need a permission slip for that either. 749-5500, 800-823-TALK, or hit pound 550 if you have an AT&T phone. Coming up at 740, always fired up when we get the uh, German Society uh, folks in the house. And today, it's the Donna Schwaben Group. They're going to tell you about this weekend's Schwaben Fest. It looks like we got some pretty good weather for it, with only a slight chance of rain both uh, Saturday and Sunday. Ron Wilson, out of the garden, into the studio at 8.05. We'll do that for a few segments. And as always on Friday, Jason Williams from the Enquirer. Apparently, John Barrett is pushing... (laughs) Just when I read this, I crack up. 
He claims Cincinnati needs a retractable roof arena. Is that in, on anybody's short list? Just asking for a friend. Uh, Jason will comment on that. Plus, he's got some comments about Republicans in Columbus doing a little bit of pork spending. Uh, hmm, shocking no one. Anyhow, shocking no one, the uh, January 6th committee. Did, did anybody watch the hearings last night? I think I think Drew Pappas did. I think he saw a comment on that. I, I did not. I, I'll be quite candid with you. I've really no interest in it because it's, it is it is a sham. The whole hearing, the, the everything involved with it, everything that led up to it, and the, what unfolded last night, it's a sham. And I give props to Kimberly Strassel for pointing out the reasons why it is a sham. She wrote an op-ed piece, again, journal. This is from yesterday. The Uncredible January 6th Committee. And does a wonderful job, as she usually does when she does op-ed piece, summing up a uh, what, what could be perceived as complex. You know the vast, and the thing about this, the vast majority of American people, I would argue, probably have no understanding of this committee. They just know it's about January 6th. Evil insurrection, insurrection, insurrection. Donald Trump, evil orange man. And, and apparently yesterday, if you had a dollar for every time they mentioned Trump, then we could all retire comfortably and early. But all the dollars that we would take from their mentions of Trump would create inflationary pressures, be flooding the system with cash. Anyway, sure, it's this week's Washington corollary to the tree in the forest thought experiment. If the January 6th committee holds professionally polished hearings amid wall-to-wall primetime coverage, will anybody pay attention? If the answer is no, the committee will largely have itself to blame. Prospect of public apathy is already Deeply vexing the establishment. Democrats have to have, have the steep challenge of convincing the dissolution American electorate to tune into the hearings. That according to Politico. The Washington Post frets that even weeks of this mini-series may not change the hearts or minds. The vexed are already laying blame. It's the fault of Republicans who will downplay the findings. Americans who are too focused on gasoline prices and Fox News for deciding not to air Thursday's hearings live. Parenthetically, apparently Fox Business and every other station did. What's actually missing in this special sauce of prime, t- uh, prime TV hours, slick videos and positive press, is the one ingredient truly vital for public interest. Credibility. If huge swaths of Americans ignore the committee's work, it'll be because of the committee itself, through its construction and through its actions, made it easy to ignore. Can Americans trust the findings of a panel whose members began with a preconceived narrative and blackballed any dissenting voices? Speaker Nancy Pelosi's unprecedented decision to veto Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy's picks Last July, in favor of her own hand-picked Republican members, blew the committee's credibility before it even started work. Americans will find it easy to reject, quote-unquote, evidence that is too fragile to bear the scrutiny of fellow House members. And consider Mrs. Pelosi's Democratic picks. California's Adam Schiff is the House face of the Trump-Russia collusion hoax and secret Ukraine impeachment proceedings. Lots of credibility with that guy, eh? Maryland's Jamie Riskin knows a little something about objecting to the counting of electoral votes. On January 6, 2017, he objected to Donald Trump's Florida victory. Mrs. Pelosi had more than 200 Democrat members to choose from, yet her picks allow Americans to dismiss the committee instantly. 
The committee might have re- redeemed itself, even with this makeup, had it conducted its work in a sober, professional manner. Instead, within months, it had become the worst type of Washington leak machine. Dribbling documents, texts, emails, and inside tidbits about who was up for a grilling next and what was coming out of depositions. At least one of the text messages it released was altered. Altered. By who else? Adam Schiff. To exclude context and falsely malign former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows. And pause to think about that. You don't have enough sufficient evidence in spite of all of your complaining and how much evidence you have that this was a colluded or this this was a a, a, a planned coordinated attack on on the entire United States of America. You've got to alter alter the content of evidence. That's pathetic. She continues, this practice reached a low in March when the committee leaked personal text messages of Ginny Thomas, wife of Justice Clarence Thomas. The messages had no real bearing on the events of January 6th, but were perfectly timed to coincide with a left-wing campaign to smear Justice Thomas and pressure him to recuse himself from key cases. How much confidence should Americans be expected to have in a body that has abused its investigative powers for political gain? Speaking of those powers... Is it fair for the nation to be skeptical of a committee that has trampled any number of institutional norms and practices in the name of returning us to institutional norms and practices? Mrs. Pelosi's veto of Republican members. The committee's initial directive to telecom and social media companies to preserve the communications of private citizens, including members of Congress, but to keep the targets in the dark so they'd have no opportunity to litigate. The flurry of criminal referrals to the Justice Department with no debate over whether those accused might have legitimate claims of executive privilege. The committee's most more recent jaw-dropping decision to subpoena sitting members of Congress. Finally, how can Americans be asked to trust a committee whose work Democrats are openly broadcasting as a political operation? According to the New York Times, quote, January 6th hearing gives Democrats a chance to recast midterm message, close quote. Times noting that the party really hopes to change the subject from the Biden White House's mounting liabilities, which include roaring inflation, a porous border, soaring crime and baby formula shortage. Republicans last year darkly hinted that this was the real purpose of the committee and leave it to Democrats to make the case for them. It didn't have to be this way. Each of these decisions was deliberate, and each was an obvious exercise in self-sabotage. Most Americans would like to know more about the events of that horrible January day, to have a serious national debate, and to ensure it never happens again. But this committee isn't a credible messenger. Amen to that. Anyway, that's Kim Strassel, January 9th. Uncredible January 6th committee. And honestly, folks, that's the reason why I'm just tuning it out. It was not a good day, January 6th. It, I knew it was going to be a hell of a problem for the Republican Party. And as I pointed out time and time again, my wife and I sat there and watched it real time. And I couldn't do anything but scream in disbelief that this was going on and scream at the set. Where in the hell is Donald Trump? Why doesn't he make a statement to tell these people to stand down? That would have increased his credibility, would have separated him from the idiots who were running around breaking things. And, of course, you know, a little bit of evidence about the failure of the Capitol Police, they're not even going to talk about that. 
And there's plenty of evidence floating around out there that they darn well knew this was going to happen. The federal authorities, the Justice Department, the FBI, they had plenty of red flags floating around that various radical organizations were, in fact, going to do this. What do they do? How many guards were out there? How many people actually guarded the white or the, the, the Capitol building? That fencing that they put up, no no instructions for a National Guard to be there for reinforcements, even though they knew this might happen. No reinforcement presence of law enforcement there to deter people who might act violently or otherwise break things and in going into the Capitol building. If they really thought their lives were in peril, if they and again, the background of that is the the, the authorities had a lot of information that something like this might happen. And yet they didn't provide protection for their own people. Nancy Pelosi's job, part of her job anyway, is the Capitol Police and coordinating it and approving things and asking for reinforcements or asking for the National Guard to come in. you got to ask for that kind of thing. You just can't do it without approval from the powers that be. Guess who the powers that be are? Nancy Pelosi. And no one benefits more from this so-called insurrection than the Democrats, except for this committee which they have taken great steps to undermine themselves, as Kimberly Strassel wrote about, in the whole process setting up the committee and now the actual hearing itself. It's embarrassing. But it is obviously political theater. But one of the things I really wish would have come out of this committee is the investigation of the Capitol Police and its response. I mean, people are being very critical of the Uvalde law enforcement response. They stood around outside for 40 to 60 minutes before finally going into that room. There's a little more information coming out about the reasons why. You know, the person in charge of the operation was hoping that they could get these shields in place for their officers' personal safety. They were worried about officers getting killed or hurt or harmed. But this is what police officers do. They go into harm's way for the purpose of protecting the general public. But that aside, there's a whole bunch of criticism focused on law enforcement there. There are currently investigations launched into the reaction of the law enforcement for that live shooting. What about this? Where's the in-depth investigation of capital law enforcement? Where's the look into what the what the powers that be, or rather the, the, the judicial justice department or FBI, where's the investigation to what they knew ahead of time? How come we can't analyze their failure to respond or prevent something like that from happening 618 55krc the talk station don't look for it it's not going to happen until maybe after november which may be another reason for uh, the more conservative or at least truth-seeking uh, minded among us to get some answers 623 at 55krc talk station loves me my fridays how about you david Uh, he's fired up from the on the grave. I'm always fired up when people call, like to talk about stuff with folks, and uh, you can do that today. Brant's on the phone. Hey, Brant, welcome to the program. Happy Friday to you. Yes, it is. Thanks. Thanks for taking my call. Happy to. Um, listening yesterday, I, I, uh, as as Mr. Massey was discussing magazine capacity, it just immediately came to my mind. Legend of the Texas Rangers in early days of our country. Their uh, uh, they were legendary. They they brought multiple single shot ball and lead, you know, uh, powder and ball weapons uh, when they went on their their raids and and the things they did. When when revolvers came out, steel ball and powder, they carried multiple handguns. It was one of their one of their marks. How so few could accomplish so many. 
against Indians who had no no weapons at all to equal that. And uh, uh, yeah, again, magazine capacity limitations are so easy to overcome and, and ridiculous to begin with. Well, uh, that was my comment. I appreciate I that. Question. And you know, anybody who knows anything about shooting regularly shoots like like I do realizes that it is not much of a challenge to replace a magazine it, you know anybody who's experienced or even has some measure of familiarity with a magazine uh, rifle it knows you just press a button it falls out and you shove another one right on in there so I, I don't know 30 rounds versus what it's 16 or 15 rounds now according to the most recent proposal in the house so um, they'll let you have a 15 round mag but not a 30 round mag but the difference is maybe a second or so and when you got the police standing around outside for an hour I don't think it really matters how many uh, rounds your magazine can uh, can handle. Roger that. Um, uh, I had a question. Um, I'll, I'll hang yeah. up and let you answer. Uh, I'm a little confused about Christopher Smitherman's candidacy. I I uh, want to vote for him this fall. He was not on the the uh, initial uh, you know primary. And uh, how do I vote for him this fall? You just vote Christopher Smitherman on the fall. He'll be on the ballot because he wasn't running as a Republican or Democrat. They don't have an independent primary. He is an independent. Um, and there are a lot of reasons, and I've talked about it a lot during this decision-making process, to stay independent as opposed to accept a uh, the offer from the Republican Party to run as a Republican because by all accounts, you know, he is certainly far more Republican-leaning than Democrat-leaning. But he's demonstrably fiscally responsible, and pretty much everyone in the Republican Party appreciates that and knows that he knows about the issues that are important to the county, having dealt with a lot of these issues during his period of time on council, especially like the the, the water-sewer uh, district relationship as well as the Cincinnati um, uh, Paul Brown Stadium. So they, he may very well get an endorsement, too, by the Republican Party. So you'll find him, if that does happen and that vote is coming up, you'll find him on the pink slip with the endorsements from the Republican Party, even though he's an independent. But he will be on the ballot. You'll see three names there. You'll have a Republican uh, person, a Democrat person, which is uh, Stephanie Dumas, and then Christopher Smithman running as an I. He's right there, filling the little block. You voted for Smithman, and hopefully he'll get elected. And for those out there who will not vote for him simply because he doesn't have an R after him, stop being so myopic. There are a lot of Republicans out there that do not really deserve, from a policy and practice standpoint, to have an R hanging after their name if you look at the general basic tenets of Republican Party uh, platform. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. And best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. Go right now to 4 slash on the right to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included for free. So go to 4 slash on the right. That's 4Patriots, the number 4, Patriots.com slash on the right. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Christopher pretty much meets all of the criterias of the general Republican Party platform. 627-55KRC, the talk station. 749-5500-800-823. Talk. Pound 550 on AT&T phones. Sean Hannity morning update coming up after I mentioned foreign exchange. Bridges. Chuck Ingram on 55KRC, the talk station. 632, 55 KCD Talk Station. Happy Friday, for the most part. There's a lot of things you can point to to be unhappy about, like Dave Hatter not being here because he had the nerve to take a vacation with his family. Dave. Anyway, I do miss the segment, but do have uh, local stories we can dive on into. Call, calls are welcome, though. 749-5500-800-823. Talk. Covington man going to be standing trial this year despite his entering a guilty plea last month. Campbell County Commonwealth Attorney's Office making this announcement. Uh, Marcus Benson, who's 39, pleaded guilty on May 2nd in Campbell County Circuit Court on one count of attempted murder. As part of that guilty plea, prosecutors agreed to drop a persistent felony offender charge. Court records show Benson was scheduled to be sentenced uh, Wednesday, but his plea fell through and he's now opted to go forward with a jury trial, according to Chief Assistant Commonwealth Attorney Michael Zimmerman. Harry Hellings, Benson's attorney, said the plea wasn't accepted by the court. He declined to comment further, saying the matter hasn't been fully resolved. Prosecutors said Benson shot Samuel Ushery multiple times at close range January of 2021. Leading up to the shooting, he trailed Ushery for several blocks from the Ultra Lounge nightclub in Newport before ambushing him outside uh, Mocha and Sunset Bar and Grill on Monmouth. Ushery uh, ultimately survived the encounter, according to the prosecutors. Court and jail records show Benson was booked into the Campbell County Detention Center April 2021 after being extradited from San Diego, California. Less than 24 hours after the shooting, Benson boarded a flight bound to San Diego where he hid out for weeks under his uh, until his apprehension on his warrant in the case. Jury trial currently set to begin October 24th, case being heard before Judge Julie Reinhardt Ward. Now, being a lawyer, I have to guess that that one will get resolved before he goes to trial. Just say it. Chevy man arrested. This is our award winner for the morning. One award you do not want. Arrested after being in possession of an SD card containing child porn. Biggest douche in the universe. Winner, Paul Salvatore Neglia. Facing five counts of pandering sexually oriented matter involving a minor. Four counts of illegal use of a minor in nudity oriented material and performance. Arrested earlier this week after Shivia police received a tip from the mother of his children. This is creepy, folks. She gave Shivia police officers early this month an uh, SD card that she found inside the home, told investigators that she thought the card likely contained child porn because Neglia's strange behavior that involved the theft of children's underwear from clotheslines and neighbors' homes telling investigators that he would spend hours in the basement on the computer and that he was always changing passwords. She also found a burner phone that he smashed after she confronted him about it. Investigators say the SD, tar- SD card contained video of child porn, images of a male pleasuring himself with children's underwear. Creeps Bond said a $225,000. That's $25,000 for each count. There are some sick people in this world. Oh, look. And she dropped the dime on him. Now he's in jail. Joe, do you think they found out about why he's in jail when they were in prison? Think they think the other inmates know about that? Uh-oh. Yeah, I thought you would think that too. 635. 
749 talk If 640. The 55KRC, the talk station. Anthrax, Kadamash, must be time for a plague update. Opportunity for Joe Strecker to engage in some headbanging. Go to Connecticut for the plague update. Department of Health there in Connecticut announced that the state's second case of Powassan virus infection and the first fatality this year. According to the press release, the incident reminded us that residents need to take actions to prevent tick bites now through late fall. That according to Dr. Uh, Manisha Juthani, the commissioner of the state's Department of Public Health. Department of Health stressing the use of insect killer and repellent this summer to avoid high-risk areas like tall grass where ticks can be found. Also important to check carefully for ticks after being outside, which can reduce the chance that you and your family members get infected with this dangerous virus. There's ticks all over the place. Our dog just got his um, monthly uh, systemic tick stuff. You can always tell when that happens because the back of his neck is like little matty hair. But uh, they're every, they're, we found them in our yard. That's kind. Of, I hate ticks. Creepy. Anyway, female patient, the second uh, state's second reported case, tested positive for this virus. She was between the age of ninety to ninety-nine, which may be one of the reasons why she come uh, succumbed to the disease. Lived in New London County with uh, with a known tick bite, which was removed two weeks prior to the onset of symptoms. Started to feel well in early May, and then was later admitted to a local hospital, complaining of fever, altered mental status, headache, and chest pain. Became unresponsive over the next couple of weeks and then died. Testing performed by the CDC confirmed the presence of the antibodies for this Powassan virus, abbreviated POWV. Twelve cases associated with the illness reported in Connecticut between 2017 and 2021. I don't know if we have this disease here. Cases start with fevers, headache, vomiting, rapidly progress to confusion, loss of coordination, difficulty speaking, and seizures. Approximately 10% 10 of the cases of severe illness are fatal, and about half of the survivors experience long-term health problems, according to the, uh, uh, the, the, the health department there. No specific treatment or vaccine, but severe illness may require hospitalization, respiratory support, and hydration. Do we blame China for this one, Joe? Do you think they unleashed this one on civilization from the Wuhan Institute of Virology? Just asking for a friend. And rules for thee and not for me. I got a big kick out of this one. Shocking no one. The Napa County District Attorney's Office has decided it will not release any dash or body camera footage from Paul Pelosi's DUI arrest. At least right now because in their decision, it could jeopardize the ongoing investigation. At least according to the California Highway Patrol. <laughs> California Highway Patrol speaking with Fox News Digital in a letter in response to a California Public Records Act request. That will be akin to a FOIA request. So they, hey, turn it over, and the highway department raises its metaphorical little finger, middle finger and says no. The Public Records Unit, PRU, has determined the department possesses records responsive to your request. However, they went on. The Napa County District Attorney's Office has advised the release of records would jeopardize an ongoing investigation. As such, records are being withheld pursuant to Government Code Section 6254, subsection F. Now, he was arrested for DUI on May 29th. Apparently, no decision has been made on whether he will be facing criminal charges. 
Hey, Joe, if you got pulled over for DUI and going over, I guess it was twice the legal limit, and you, um, the police officers interacted with you, did a field sobriety test, do you think they would do something to you? You think maybe? Th- Three-day vacay, perhaps? License suspension, maybe? And if you're, if you're lucky, you, you might get some uh, driving privileges so you can make it to and from work. That's what regular people struggle with. In this particular case, I guess the California Highway Patrol is deciding whether or not they're even going to move forward with it. You're not going to be able to find out what what the interaction looked like. If criminal charges are filed, he will be arraigned at the time. He was booked into the Napa County Department of Corrections, cited and released. According to um, one of the sources there, Attorney Allison Haley, the Napa County District Attorney, this case is currently under review to decide what, if any, charges will be filed against Mr. Pelosi. This is standard protocol for any DUI case that is referred by a law enforcement agency in Napa County. Sure it is. Sure it is. Anybody betting on whether or not we'll ever see the interactions between um, Mr. Pelosi and the California Highway Patrol? How many people believe, as I do, that he gave him one of those, do you know who I am kind of speeches? Yeah, probably. 749-55. I went to West Point. Oh, Bob McDonald. <laughs> yeah. And I was like to point out a lot of people who went to, well, quite a few people who went to West Point over the years uh, actually ended up in Leavenworth, meaning uh, it doesn't really matter what your uh, – uh, source of higher education is when you're talking about matters relating to the Veterans Administration and the failures going on to the VA at the time he was ahead of the VA, where you went to school does not matter. Where you have your party matters, though. Go to Landing Event Center. Schedule. Six fifty one. Pick up Care City Talk Station. Little YYZ in honor of uh, Dave Hatter, Joe. What an amazing song. 749-5500-8283. Talk. Looking forward to the next hour at 740. Donna Schwab and in studio. We got Schwaben Fest this weekend. It looks like the weather's, weather's going to cooperate. Maybe a little bit of rain, but it won't keep you from uh, being outdoors and enjoying German stuff and things. Uh, relating to nothing but a deep, deep, heartfelt thanks to um, my friend Tim Goldrainer. Uh, actually, he, he performed at my dad's uh, memory care facility twice this week. Uh, he goes from around all over town uh, performing at uh, senior centers and memory care facilities and the like, and he does a phenomenal job. I, I got to see him perform uh, with my dad uh, on Tuesday, and then he had an outdoor performance there last night. I couldn't go to it, but he sent a, he sent a couple of pictures of uh, the event to me, and I posted one on my Facebook page. My mom and dad were there, and they really enjoyed themselves and have a great time, but he's just a great guy, and uh, to the extent you're parents or maybe your relatives are in one of those senior facilities and they've got to see him and you probably heard about it just he really knows how to work those senior crowds just fantastic entertainer my dad just kept going on and on about how wonderful uh tim was and working the crowd so dad still has some thoughts in that regard and uh thanks again to tim for doing that also lead singer of the menus you might remember him from that uh this one just bothered me i I got a real problem with public schools, generally speaking, uh, the, the curriculum, obviously the bias, the political bias to the left. And it's and, and more and more the the removal of parents from the process. 
And that's one of the great things about COVID. Parents were re- put back into the process. They were there with their children all the time. They had to help kids manage their homework and their lesson plans. And they got to hear what teachers were saying to their kids. So it was a real eye-opener for a lot of folks. And, of course, you got a, a really good look at the teachers' union and how they felt about actually performing their jobs and do their, doing their duties. They didn't want to do it. No, we're not going back to school. We're in the middle of a lockdown. Obviously, the harm that's been meted upon our children is, is clear, and it's going to be longstanding, and we're going to be reeling from the consequences of this for years to come. But this one really disturbed me. It's a Michigan public school. It's the Richards Middle School in Fraser, Michigan. They, they, have, they circulated an internal email telling teachers not to inform the mother of a student about this student's so-called transition, their transgender status. Now, don't you think that's an important thing for a parent to know? Let's move it away from transgender. If your child was exhibiting depression-like symptoms in school, if they were behaving outside of the normal behavior that they typically exhibit. A change in behavior widely understood by many in the psychiatry and psychological profession as a red flag indicator. Maybe something's going on. Well, he used to be so bubbly and happy, and now he's been depressed. He doesn't talk anymore. He won't eat. His grades have deteriorated. Oh, that may be drug use. You might want to know about that, and I'd like to think that a teacher would tell you about it. Have you noticed this behavior in little Jimmy? Because we have, and we're concerned about it. It's one of the reasons or one of the ways you elevate something that, oh, could turn into a crazy gunman-type situation and maybe get out in front of it, right? Well, I think this is equally, if not more important. The email that Fox News obtained addressed to the teachers at Richards Middle School, a school counselor warns teachers ahead of the school's parent-teacher conferences to only use the student's birth name and refer to the pronoun he when talking to the student's mother. Now, he clearly wants to be identified as a she and has a different name that he has asked the folks at the school to call him. Jane, maybe. And so during the school day, absent the parents, you know, oversight, involvement, and field of vision, they're going around referring to this child as a she under a different name. But no, no, no. When parent-teacher time comes, we're going to go ahead and just pretend it's still a guy and use their birth name. Counsel refers to the student who is biologically male by their chosen female name and pronoun throughout the email, but then informs teachers at the, that the parent is unaware of this transition. So lie to the parent. Pretend that this male, biological male student, let's again say Joe or Jim, is still Joe or Jim. But then when mom and dad are not in the room, you're going to go ahead and refer to them as Jane and she. Is there any parent out there that wouldn't want to know about this? And if you're one of those parents, um, I think you might want to consider your responsibility as a parent and maybe do a little bit of reassessment. 656, 55KRC, the talk station. Be right back after the news. Your news delivery is coming up at the, the talk station. It's 7.06. It's the 5 CD Talk Station. A very happy Friday to you. Don't have anything going on. Now stick around at 7.40. My friends from Donna Schwab and the German Society are going to be joining us uh, in studio. Hopefully bring food. Even though we're not allowed to eat in studio. <clears throat> Schwabenfest is this weekend. So a lot of fun. German food. Ger- lots of beer. 
fun, festivities, music, entertainment, fellowship, I think. And uh, the Germans, we'll call that Gemütlichkeit. We'll get some Gemütlichkeit on coming at 740. One hour from now, Ron Wilson returns to the program, spent a few segments with us talking gardening, which I always enjoy on a Friday. Jason Williams from the Enquirer, always an enjoyable conversation. Today, John Barrett, he reported John Barrett says Cincinnati needs an arena with a retractable roof. <laughs> Just, yeah, wait, middle of all this inflation and you know gas prices through the roof, now reportedly $5 a gallon average in the nation. Although everybody around here knows, well, hell, they just caught up with us. It's been $5 a gallon or more for a while now. Yeah, lots and lots of problems going on in the world. And I don't know, is it time for a retractable roof arena? GOP pork spending in Columbus. Jason Williams, red flag that. We'll get that again coming up at 840. In the meantime, I'm going to go over to the phones before I dive on into um, the, the, the lash back. Finally. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. And best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. Go right now to 4Patriots.com slash on the right to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included for free. So go to 4Patriots.com slash on the right. That's 4Patriots, the number 4, Patriots.com slash on the right. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus people of prominence and elected capacity are going are fighting back against the esg scores those environmental social governance scores this left-wing thing that is being shoved down corporate directors throats in the name of well leftist mentality but first i want to get jerry's call he's been on hold jerry welcome to the program happy friday hello hey you're on jerry hey uh you had a story on earlier about a couple in Florida that were arrested for showering together. <laughs> That's not why they were arrested. The police served a warrant. The guy had an outstanding felony warrant. He was one of the two people that was in the shower, and the woman who answered the door wet and toweled, otherwise naked beneath, um, said he wasn't there. Um, but she invited him in the room to say, look, see, he's not here, but the bedroom door was locked. And she said, oh, I don't have the key for that. So they went outside and climbed through the bedroom window, and that's where they found the naked guy behind the bathroom door and arrested him for the outstanding felony warrant. So they weren't arrested for showering together inside the house. I, I missed the uh, outstanding warrant. Yeah, yeah. Thing, uh, critical but, critical piece but, of information. <laughs> uh, wait a minute. They they were arrested for showering together. This is a private home. That no, they, no private that, that is not what happened. She would. She, no, they knocked on the door. She answered it and invited them in. She got arrested because she said he was not there. She was harboring a uh, wanted fugitive. 
No, no shower citations in that one. Yeah, no, no shower citations. Yeah. <laughs> so to the extent anybody else was confused, Jerry, I appreciate your call. Yes, we're not yet. We're not yet arresting people for showering in their own homes. <laughs> there are Supreme Court cases on that and so much more. Appreciate that, my friend. Now, here, remember ESG scores. You've got to keep this in mind because the critical point, and I'm really happy uh, that I found this article. It's authored by a guy named Nathan Worsh, uh, Worcester, and uh, it appeared in the Epoch Times. ESG scores, environmental, social, and governance scores. And they issue these scores relative to, you know, corporate pollution and all kinds of things. I'll dive into the details. But the point being, if you invest, generally speaking, Based upon an ESG score, in other words, you're woke and you're environmental, and you want to make where you know I want to put my my, my money in the in the, in the safe places. I don't want to invest in oil companies. I don't want to invest in natural gas companies. I don't want to invest in tobacco. I don't want to invest in any corporation that's belching pollution out into the world. On and on and on. Whatever the ESG score is made of, what happens is you don't get as much return on your investment. You are going after companies that might not be nearly as profitable as those evil poor ESG score. Companies, you know who this is bad for? Not just the individual investor. And if you want to tank your own investment portfolio by by chasing after ESG scores that are, well, <laughs> there's problems with the ESG scores in and of themselves. We'll dive into that in a second. You are going to sacrifice or potentially sacrifice a return on investment. And that's what's happening right now. And so finally, I was so pleased to see that state treasurers are now speaking out against the imposition of the ESG scores on public money. What does that mean? Your pensions, my friends, state pension systems, teachers, retirement programs, anybody who's got a retirement program that's being managed might sacrifice some longevity in the plan and sacrifice some return on investment because they're stupid enough to go after ESG scores. And state treasurers are saying, "Uh uh-uh, we're going to put our feet down on this. Happened at June 8th press conference. One official comparing it to the social justice-driven push for universal homeownership that helped trigger the Great Recession. Remember the housing bubble? Right. What do they do in the housing bubble? Government under the Clinton administration made it easy for people with miserable credit scores to buy a house with nothing down. A lot of people invested in that. You know what happened? Yeah. Recession. Portfolios tanked. Buying into these uh, mortgage uh, 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 companies. Anyway. Utah State Treasurer Marlo Oaks, quote, I would be very concerned about investing in green energy right now. Did not rule out the possibility of an ESG bubble similar to the housing one that burst during the late 2000s. Inflated by two government-sponsored enterprises, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. He's drawing a parallel between then and now with ESG. And it's true. Oaks One signatory in April 21st letter from Utah's governor, senators, congressional representatives, and other public officials in response to S&P Global's issuance of ESG ratings for United States territories. Quote, considering recent global events, the current economic situation in the United States, and the unreliability and inherent political nature of ESG factors in investment decisions, we view this newfound focus on ESG as politicizing the ratings process. Oaks and his colleagues in the letter saying it is deeply counterproductive, misleading, and potentially damaging to the entities being raided and possibly illegal. And I'm certain the courts are going to chime in on this at some point. Over to Idaho, officials sent a similar letter to S&P Global, echoing what Utah said. And 
expressing concerns about the firm's scoring of American energy companies, otherwise very profitable. Of course, the left thinks that this profit motive is what is causing the price of gasoline to go up, and it's a lot more than that. For example, China's state-owned Sinopec, Sinopec earned an ESG score of 41 from S&P Global. ExxonMobil Corporation got a 36, Chevron got a 39. Hmm, that's a China-owned company. They do the same thing as Global and Exxon. Why is their score so high or higher? And it's China, right? They have subscores, so you have a global score, and it's built up on different predicates below. So a subscore on both social and governance and economic factors were well above the industry mean. Of course, they point out the results raise questions about the rankings reliability given the use of forced labor in China, as well as the Chinese Communist Party's influence over corporate governance in the country. They get a good score. Anybody remember the Uyghurs? I wonder who's creating the scores. What little team of star chamber folks is sitting in the back of S&P Global figuring out what these scores are going to be? And so you're less inclined then to invest in an Exxon or any other lower-rated corporation, you're going to go with a better-scored company, even if you are willing or if you are even willing to invest in oil or, you know, other profitable companies. An analysis of an executive-level shakeups in China's oil industry during 2011, experts from the Brookings Institute opined that the movement of leaders from one company to another is a blatant reminder of the Chinese Communist Party's control over China's flagship firms. Another speaker in the June 8th press conference, West Virginia's treasurer, Riley Moore. Sadly, there's no Ohio or Kentucky treasurer in here chiming in. I'm waiting for that moment to happen. Riley Moore, the West Virginia treasurer, uh, talking in January when the state divested from BlackRock because of its ESG practice. got to remember, U.S., our S&P Global, BlackRock, and others, they, they have literally $20 trillion plus trillion under their management. The governing bodies of these massive investment corporations are the ones that are forcing the companies to, and, 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 and investing in companies based upon ESG scores. They hold a lot of money and therefore wield a lot of power. Anyway, Riley Moore, the West Virginia Treasurer. In West Virginia, we are an energy state. He makes a great point on this. We produce coal, gas, and oil, and this ESG movement in its current form is really an existential threat to our jobs, our economy, and our tax revenue. And, of course, the treasurers of these states are responsible for managing these these various um, retirement plans on behalf of public employees. So they passed a law in West Virginia in March which excludes financial institutions from competitive bidding with the state if they are boycotting fossil fuel companies. This is a way of fighting back. So they give notice to the companies that are in this West Virginia blacklist, and they give the companies 30 days after the list is published to respond and, 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 and sort of argue themselves out of being blacklisted by the investment, investments of the state. He also said ESG scoring, uh, scoring and here's a scary, scary point. Welcome to your future. Welcome to China. Welcome to uh, anybody who watches Black Mirror. Those episodes make me sick inside. But there was one that was particularly horrific about social scores, individual social scores. Anyway, Moore pointed out that ESG scoring could soon be incorporated into your credit score. Your credit score. How much carbon you produce, where you go, how much travel. All of this can be tracked. You know, as Tech Friday's Dave Adder would tell you very easily with all the modern technology we have. They know where you are all the time if they choose to. 
I'm sure through the credit card companies, they know how much gas you buy. I'm sure based upon your energy bill, they know how much energy you burn. All this could go into your ESG social score. And then if you are not really high on the ESG social score, you might have a less favorable mortgage rate. Or somebody who puts solar panels on their homes gets a better deal. Might not be financially prudent for you to do that, so this might end up hurting the the lesser among us in terms of their uh, the monetary abilities than richer people. Hmm. Compounding a problem, I would argue. Evan said uh, his company is developing an individualized carbon footprint tracker. China's Alibaba Group. They announced that they have this. Michael Evans, president of China's Alibaba Group, said. We've got this individualized carbon footprint track where he claimed would let consumers measure their travel, food consumption, and more. Quote, you're going to come to a very logical conclusion if we continue down this path. Yeah? And then comes that ESG bubble. They argue that coal prices could be an indicator. The international benchmark for a ton of coal has gone up from less than $50 in 2020, September 2020, to $400 today. Pointing out that coal producers are booked out through 2023. They can't produce any more than they are right now. Supply and demand. The demand is high. Coal price is up. If you were invested in it, of course, you get a great return on investment. But for that damn ESG score placed on the coal companies, you know they're never going to have a good ESG score. And therefore, all these massive, massive institutions with trillions of dollars under financial management are going to deprive that company of the investment and deprive you of the return on investment. It's bad for everyone. Kentucky, oh, I did have Kentucky in here. Kentucky State Treasurer Allison Ball also uh, addressing reporters at this press conference, arguing that the application of ESG could violate the state laws of Kentucky. And the Kentucky, Kentucky uh, Attorney General agreed with that, Dan Cameron. Allison Ball, May 26 opinion prompted by an inquiry from her office from Cameron's office, concurred ESG management practices run afoul of Kentucky law. Quote, this isn't really about profitability. It's not about retirement security. It's not about your investments. It's about political activism. And they're doing it in a way that they could not do it through the democratic process. And really focus on that. They're doing what could not be done through the democratic process. You want a return on investment. You want your investments to bear fruit. You want to be able to retire comfortably. This is is a mechanism to deprive you of that. And also, much like Eric Holder's Operation Chokehold, deprive these companies of their very existence because without money, without loans, without resources, the companies can't continue to do business. Can you imagine how much money it costs for an oil company to invest in any major oil project? Even if they got the leasing and the rights to do it, they need literally billions of dollars to achieve the goal of drilling oil, their business. You get a bad ESG score, guess what? You've deprived that company of all the investment dollars that they might need to fulfill their job. Win for the environmentalists and the leftists. 720-55 KRCD Talk Station. Jim's got a comment. Hang on, Jim. We'll get your call out of the gate after I mention my friends at Emory Federal Credit Union. Doing the golf out of here. Happy Friday. Yeah, I... Yeah, I'm not making this up. You look at the other side of the argument. Of course, I was talking about these various um, state treasurers complaining about ESG scores and how it's just ruining investments, how this may turn into a bubble if you get all these investments into ESG uh, politically correct companies that they may uh, not perform and your uh, investments will tank. Green Century Capital Management's Leslie Samuelick, she's all about these green scores, quote, getting lenders to choke off money to fossil fuel companies is the next needed move for the industry to address the material risks that the coal, oil, and gas industry faces. Choking off 
money, those investments that I was talking about that allow these companies to function. Can you imagine how bad gasoline prices and your energy bill will be if they were successful in killing these companies? Jim, thank you so much for holding. Welcome to the morning show, and happy Friday. Good morning, Brian. That's what I was going to add was the fact that right now they're part of the problem with the gas prices is the fact that they're already choking off the investments that the energy companies are saying we can't make get the, the money to, to invest in drilling more energy. Uh, one, of the, one of the reasons, another problem with this is, uh, as you mentioned with China, well, that's why the people, these leftists in the United States are pushing for digital currency so they can control what you buy, yes, know sir. what you buy, and control what you buy. And, you know, right now, uh, Kentucky's AG is also involved in this. He's going after uh, trying to get people out of, you know, the two, there's three big ones that I don't remember what the third one is. So BlackRock and Vanguard are taking our money that should be invested in things that are profitable, and they're doing this ESG crap, so you can't invest in oil companies. You got it. I think, it's, I think, it, was, I think it was Germany that that uh, one of the ones over there is like, oh, if you invest in the ESG profitable one, you're going to get less uh, money back on your investment. But it's Microsoft and both of them, and you're getting less back on Microsoft in, in their ESG one than you're in the, in the non-ESG one. Right. It's just it's, it's sinister. It that, That's a perfect word for it, Jim. It's sinister. And I've often asked in the past, you know, are they just are they nefarious? Or are they just plain stupid? And we're going to go with nefarious. This is a desire they want to, well, stranglehold American might, American profitability, American excellence and exception. We consume and produce more than all the other countries out there. That's what they hate about us. Our model, capitalism, as eroded as it is, is too damn successful in the face of socialism. That's why they want to kill it. And if they can't kill it with the voters in the ballot box, because voters usually don't vote against their self-interest, voters usually will think, gee, it's $5 and change for a gallon of gasoline. Is there some other way that we can get to the point where it's not that much and I can afford to buy, oh, I don't know, groceries? Uh, I'm going to vote for those guys. The fool is the one who's not looking out for his own best interest or hers. 726 55 KRCD Talk Station. Be right back after. Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. And best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. Go right now to 4 slash on the right to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included for free. So go to 4 slash on the right. That's 4Patriots, the number 4, Patriots.com slash on the right. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh, hold on. Joey's on the phone. We'll get Joey's call after I, I just looked up and saw no talk station. 730, 55 KCD talk station. Happy Friday. 10 minutes now, 740. Anticipating the Donna Schwaben folks uh, coming in the studio. Haven't heard from them yet, so uh, keep my fingers crossed they'll be able to make it in the studio. Schwaben Fest is this weekend. Getting the details coming up. Of course, Ron Wilson after the top of the hour news. And in uh, an hour from now, a little bit more, Jason Williams from the Enquirer. Meantime, let's go to the phones before I get to local stories. 749-5500-800-823-TALK. I got Joey on the line with a comment about these ESG scores. Joey, thanks for holding and calling this morning. Happy Friday. Hey, you too. Yes, sir. I, I just wanted to say that the ESG score, I mean, ultimately, it, it is a really underlying tool and weapon that they have if they can get this to work to take ultimate total control. Um, if you're not doing business with them, you won't be in business. And it'll, it'll eventually even personally affect everyone in everything you do. They will drill in deeper and deeper and deeper and keep tweaking this and tweaking this. And you're, you're just going to be done. It'll empower them more and more and more, and it has to be stopped. It's so dangerous. And, and the other thing I'd like to mention, too, is, you know, everybody, especially younger people, I don't know, 30 and under or whatever, you know, they've bragged for years. And I said 10 years ago when this became a fad about a paperless society, you know, ultimately, if we go paperless and they go to the cryptocurrency or whatever it is they want to do, which, is again, is going to break us more, you know, ultimately, when it hits the fan, and I said this 10 years ago, when it hits the fan, you know what? They'll tell you what you'll get on your card then, and they'll have the ultimate power. I agree. I agree. It's yeah. just scary. Yeah, it, it's scary stuff, and technology allows this. And, of course, you know, I, I, I'm going back to something that Bernie Sanders said. I believe it was just the other day. He was talking about how they can message as they go into November. we got to do something. We have to, we have to put it to the voters and tell them we have to get more senators from the Democrats. We're not going to be able to do anything unless we get more senators. He said, quote, we have two corporate Democrats who are not going to be with us. He was referring to Joe Manchin and Christine Simino, the, the two that torpedoed the BBB, for example. Now, Corporate Democrats, which made me laugh, Joey, because you think about it, these are the major financial corporations. They tr- they control trillions of dollars, and three of them control the vast amount of the uh, investments. And they gain power that way. They have a lot of manipulation ability. If they if you are a corporation that is lucky enough to get the benefit of their dollar investments, your corporation is going to be able to use that money to its advantage. And of course, they're in a position to take it away. They're all woke leftists. So who's in the pockets of corporations, or vice versa? It's the left. Facebook, Twitter, all these different social media companies, they're all left run. And now we've got this this pressure being placed upon otherwise sane in the business of making money and doing their fiduciary duty as boards of directors by maximizing shareholder profit. They're throwing that common sense logic and wisdom out the window in the name of going full on woke. And the fewer corporations you have, or the fewer companies like BlackRock and others that are controlling these vast sums of dollars, the easier it is is to, to corrupt them, which they've been very successful in doing since the major companies have gone full woke with ESG scores. Frightening. And then, yeah, the more frightening part, as Joe just pointed out, and it was pointed out in the article, when you start getting your own credit score, an ESG score, and that's right, you get rid of currency, and I'm a big guy. I pay, I pay cash all the time. And one of the reasons, I do everything I can to sort of deprive the powers that be of little tidbits of information about my life. It's like sport. 
I've joined parallels to it before, um, hypermilling, and that was you, you know, probably a lot of people doing it these days, trying to get the absolute maximum miles per gallon on your gallon of gas as you drive around. There are different techniques to do it, but just doing it for the sake of maximizing your return on your gasoline investment. Understand that. Well, I, I view this as sport. You know, get a VPN, uh, delete your cookies all the time, don't use social media apps, stay the hell away from that stuff. Every time you do something like that, you deprive them of a data point, and that's where the cash comes in. Go to the uh, go to the ATM machine, get yourself some money for the week, spend it on cash. That and you know what? If you don't use your credit card, <laughs> you won't have a big credit card bill at the end of the month, and it will curb your spending. If you allocate yourself a certain amount of cash on a weekly basis to spend, I'm not going to spend more than this, and it's right there in your pocket. When you run out, you've got little discipline to, to deal with. Hmm, maybe I shouldn't have bought so and so earlier this week because I'm out of money. My my allowance to myself has been used up. But it also leaves no paper trail. You can buy whatever the hell you want. No one knows. Why not deprive them of data points? And for those who want to embrace cashless society, oh, that's a train wreck coming, man. And when the power goes out, what are you going to do? I always like to point that out. I don't know how commerce and industry go in a power outage, but you know, you're not going to be using electric transmissions when there's no power. Now, granted, your cell phone may retain a power for a while, but that's got to run through a network that relies upon a power grid and energy. So maybe you won't be able to engage in any purchases during the period of time of the power outage if we're all gone full digital. Don't know. These are the details that need to be worked out in the long run, and I'm sure the powers that be that want to micromanage our affairs are busily working those out. Keep your cash, folks. 736, 55KRC Talk Station. Fingers crossed. Donna. 740, 55, 741, 55 KCD talk station. Little festive German music in honor of my friends from Donna Schwaben who are in studio, Nick and Pete, to talk about Schwabenfest this weekend. Guys, thank you so much for coming in. And gosh darn it, I really wish we could eat and drink in the studio, but we'll get around to that a little bit later. <laughs> Wonderful to have you in. And I just, as I mentioned to you, I am so happy that these festivals are back and we're doing it again, got rid of the COVID lockdown crap and we're going to have a festive time. Gemütlichkeit, correct? That's it. Amen, brother. So let's talk about the details, what we're going to do, where we need to be, what we're going to eat, how much we're going to drink and all that good stuff. Let's do it. Yeah, Friday, uh, this week, it's, it's this weekend, Friday and Saturday today, uh, 5.30 to 11 tonight and 1 to 11 tomorrow. And the thing that's really great about Schwabenfest is it's it's a fest you can really enjoy. Like you got a lot of people standing around and hanging out around the beer trucks as usual. But uh, you know we, we have a lot of tables and um, so people can sit down and spend spend time relaxing with their friends and family. We uh, we have great beers coming out of Munich, Germany, both from uh, Paul Honor and Hackershore, and their full lineup of lights, darks, and wheats. Uh, but we also have uh, Cincinnati beer uh, from Fretboard. We'll have some local beers and um, and some seltzers for, for people that enjoy those on a on a hot day. I've heard that Polliner Munchner lager is really good stuff. Yeah, I, I hear it's great, you know. <laughs> it's kind of tasty. It's been a while since I had one. Regular listeners get the joke, I'm sure. <laughs> so you're going to do the dance groups too? Because um, I remember Joe's kids when they were younger uh, were Donna Shrubbin dancers, and it's always cute to see the kids get involved with that. But, man, the adults are really into it as well. Yeah, that's the great thing about this year is is practices are getting back to it. All of our dance groups are going on a dance. The little kids starting at five years old, the middle group, the um, the youth group, the shoe potlers, and the tracting group. So pretty much you'll see dance groups from five to or four to eighty four. 
Just everybody just like, it's, oh, they're so cute. There's little five-year-olds out there doing the uh, traditional German dance. I love that. It's so cool. And this and the special sausage that you did bring a giant platter of in here. I ate one outside the studio because you're not allowed to eat in here. Um, what, are the, what are these called again? I, I keep forgetting the name. You got you guys make that, these yourselves, right? Yeah, that, that's our own recipe. That, that's uh, It's called Schwaben sausage. Schwaben sausage. We, we used to make it completely ourselves, and we still do. But now uh, demand's so high, we uh, we work with a local butcher to make it for us. Um, and they also make another special uh, sausage for us. It's, it's a half-meter bratwurst. So, so this thing is about 15, 16 inches on, on a 12-inch bun. It, it oh, is man. phenomenal. Oh, man. Very tasty. Is it Very is, tasty. I guess. Well, I mean, you guys do not put out food that's not tasty. Let's yeah. start from that reality. It, is, it, is it the same kind of sausage as the Schwaben sausage? This no, it's it's more of a it's a it's different than a brat. Um, it's more it's a it's a thin sausage, and it's um it's made to share, or you can eat it all yourself. Okay, you can you can manage that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Huh. Put it over your shoulder. Remember, my dad took me to a meatpacking plant when I was a kid. It was Cole's Meats. I don't think they're around anymore, but he got I got a tour of it. I got to see sausage being made. You know, the, yeah. the old you don't want to see sausage being made. Yeah. But there was a uh, a wiener machine that was spitting out the wieners and making them little by little. And the guy that was running the place, he said, he goes, you want to make you an extra long wiener? And he goes, I, I tell you what, you could throw it over your shoulder and walk right on out of here. It made me think of that. That was a great time when I was little. Fond memories of dad and the uh, sausage making. All right. Uh, so let us see here. German beer. We got check on that one. Food, live music. Uh, June. 10th, which is today. We get a little bit of rain today, but we're gonna we're gonna get around that 5:30 p.m. to 11 p.m. tomorrow. One until or one o'clock until 11 p.m. And is there a Sunday date? No Sunday. No Sunday. No Sunday date. I'm surprised. Sunday's cleanup. If anyone would like to come help for that, but yes. all right. Well, pause for a moment. <laughs> we're gonna take a break at 7:45. We'll come back and talk more sausage, more beer, and uh, what Donna Schwaben does throughout the year, and one of the reasons why you might want to join this great group of people. I mean, there's a lot of German clubs around. Donna Schwaben just has to be one of many great ones, and um, there is a tremendous amount of fellowship, and honestly, it, if you show up, you're German. We just They just embrace you, because I don't know if I have any German in me. I've said this many times over the years, but you feel really, really welcome. Nobody is complaining about cultural appropriation at Schwabenfest. 745 right now, 55 care of the seat, the talk station. Be right back after these brief words. The talk station, a little German music for the Gemütlichkeit we're going to be experiencing today and tomorrow at Donna Schwaben's Schwabenfest. Okay, we got the Schwaben sausage out of the way. I wanted to find out from uh, my guests, Nick and Pete, a little bit more about the uh, Donna Schwaben Club. And off air, it was Pete, I guess, said, we're the only German club that doesn't have any Germans in it. <laughs> kind of a joke that I say, but yeah, the, the Donna Schwaben people come from like seven or eight different countries, now countries that um, they've uh, migrated over the last 300 years. Um, so they come from Yugoslavia, Hungary, Austria, um, Czech Republic. Um, I know I'm missing a few, but... Uh, yeah, but even the, the, they come from those countries. Their ancestors came from Germany. So even though they're outside of Germany, they still celebrated German culture. I got gotcha. you. Uh, where yeah. they were. Yeah. And then when they came here, they, they still celebrate that. That's great. And, you know, my wife has uh, Slavic. Her grand, I think b- both sides of her family uh, immigrated from some of the Slavic countries, you know, 100 plus years ago and settled in the uh, in rural Pennsylvania, this side of Pittsburgh, dairy country. And uh, so she's always talking about her ancestors. And I, I suspect my wife probably does have some Donna Schwab and area blood in her <laughs> without question. 
So we'll have to have that check someday. Um, also, the, you, you mentioned something that's really neat, and we got a couple more minutes here before we catch ourselves a Crime Stopper Bad Guy of the Week, but the German Culture Club, this is kind of unique to Donna Schwab. And you send youth over to Germany, is that correct? Yeah, I think they're going to Austria and Hungary this year in July, but there's probably 30 youth, uh, youth group members and parents, and they actually are teaming up uh, with Club from Detroit, I think. Yeah, and so they're they're going over there together. They get a bus and they travel around for. They're in a different city every other day, and they learn new dances, new songs, uh, learn language, and they travel around on a bus and just a good time. Well, that's fantastic. We were as mentioning. I, I, I'm not a world traveling kind of guy. I mean, I've been to Ireland, I've been to Canada, and I've been to the United Kingdom. I went to London on business and. Beyond that, you know, it's United States travel for me. And one of my concerns is always, you know, I'm going to show up and I'm not going to be able to speak the language. I'm going to be completely lost. I'm not going to know with a restaurant from a, you know, another store or a private residence. How in the hell am I going to survive? But in Europe, you can usually get away with the English language. You were saying, however, you can some sometimes when they go to places in Hungary, there's there's might not even be any German speakers there. Um, And so they actually have they usually have a German translator with them. Multiple members in our group speak German, but usually getting from German to Hungarian is is a little, a little tough. Yeah, that's a switch. The, the neat thing is, Donerswaben in Cincinnati, but Donerswaben is more of a global uh, organization and, and and a family. So we have clubs all over the, the U.S. And, and the world. But a lot of these people still have ancestors and relatives back in uh, in, in Europe. So when the youth group goes over there, a lot of times they have uh, direct family. That receive them and, and show them around. Oh, that's cool! It's really cool, and and uh, you know we talk about German culture, but uh, but to see it firsthand is you just can't beat it. There's no substitute. Yeah, yeah. it's really great for these these kids. I mean, I can put a pair of Lederhosen and a hat on, and you know, I might look German for a moment, but it's not being immersed in German culture in Germany or Hungary or any of the surrounding regions. That's that's pretty obvious, yeah. But, but like you're saying, like earlier, you don't have to be German to to enjoy an event no. like this. I mean, welcome. It's just we all about community all. coming together and. And it's so affordable. It's $5 a person at the gate. The proceeds going to benefit Donna Schwab. And, of course, the events like this do take some resources to pull off. And you got the kids going to Germany and Hungary this year. And so it's well worth it. you got some Oktoberfest chicken dinners. These are amazing. You guys do special uh, chicken dinners. Yeah, we make them ourselves. You're known for that. Yes. Yep. Yep. Every German club is known for something that they serve. And, like, and, again, the case of the Schwaben sausage is one of them. And these chicken dinners are off the charts good. So, again, the details will be on my blog page. 55kc.com. You're not doing anything tonight. 5.30 to 11 p.m. Tomorrow between 2 and 6. Oh, the bands. I'm sorry. Tomorrow between uh, 1 and 11. If you want to listen to music, it's uh, it kicks in, I think, right away on today, right? And then Saturday, 2 to 6, you're going to have some music. And then 6 to 11 p.m., the dancers are going to be there. It's going to be a great time. The food is already... Uh, thumbs up approved by Brian Thomas since I did eat outside of the studio. So, uh, Pete and uh, Nick, it's been a real pleasure having you in the program. Uh, Joe put the stuff on the blog page, like I mentioned, and I look forward to some uh, gemütliche kite this weekend. I wish you all the success in the world on the festival. And without further ado, let's catch ourselves a Crime Stopper Bad Guy of the Week from the Crime Stoppers Department over at the Sensei Police Department. Officer Lisa Baker with the Bad Guy of the Week. We got another neck tattoo, Lisa. Keeping the Commitment. 24 7. I've been in the car all day and I got to listen. Can't get enough of it. You guys are doing a great job. 55 KRZ, the talk station.
He is in the house, and thank God for Ron Wilson. All the problems of the world going on, we can still have some fun and enjoy ourselves and get the benefits of being out in the garden and gardening. Ron Wilson, always a pleasure to have you on the program, man. Always fun to be here. And we always listen to you on Saturday morning in the Thomas Household, and I'm going to let my son I bet you don't tomorrow. Oh, no, I won't. No, I won't. I know you won't. (laughs) I just got done telling Ron that I am a bachelor this weekend. My wife went to visit her mom and relatives and uh, my son and daughter and a whole bunch of other people are going down to Nashville for some big music festival thing that's going on down there. They're leaving today. So that leaves me by myself to my own devices from about noon today until sometime on Sunday. Yeah. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. And best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. Go right now to 4 slash on the right to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included for free. So go to 4 slash on the right. That's 4Patriots, the number 4, Patriots.com slash on the right. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And Ron said, well, what are you going to do? I said, I knew what you were going to do. You're going to sleep, aren't you? <laughs> yes, I am. You're going to lay on the couch, yeah. watch a few movies. Am I going out and partying? Listen no, music. I am you're not. going out. You're going to stay <laughs> home. Just... <laughs> Whatever's in the fridge is what you're going to eat, drink. Yeah, there's. Uh, I bought a 12 pack yesterday. You're you're in. Yeah, and you ain't listening to any radio. <laughs> you have figured out my weekend. I'd be right there. Yeah. Well, you know, same way. It, 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 the thing is, it probably won't be really any different from in my world than any other day, except I won't have the guilt hanging over my right. head that you need to get up. That you right. need to do things, Brian. There are yeah. things to be done. Why are yeah. you sitting there watching some stupid movie? So you got 48 hours to just yeah veg. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. No, I trust me. I'm I'm very much it's, looking forward. Although I miss my family, of course, I prefer them around. But if this happens, I try be to make veg the most bathing. of it. We talk about forest veg bathing. bathing. Veg bathing. Veg, just vegging. Yeah, as long as it isn't raining, I may even make it out to the hammock for a little while. Whoa. Yeah. Got a Good. nice setup with the hammock. Going to be hot next week. Nine, nine. Joe the, told me. Put the fans on that hammock next 100 week. 100 plus degrees on what, Tuesday, Wednesday? Well, they're calling in the 90s. And I think the thing of it is, if the storms blow through, it may hold it back a little bit. So it depends on what the storms do. But yeah, we're talking now the, the serious jump into the 90s, only for a couple days. Yeah. But still, yeah. you know, not good. Not good at all. And um, how are we with rain but, presently? Up. We, we are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, what was May was the fifth wettest May in history. Really? Yeah. Uh, 1905, I think, was the wettest May in history of recorded history, weather history. But we want to be in it's our fifth wettest May ever. How about that? So, how is May anyway? How is her, May? Have you seen her lately? I have not seen okay. May in a long time. So, <clears throat> I'm trying to Wait, think of who. Strecker walked out of the booth because I can see he's not there right now. Otherwise, he might get a phrasing on that one. 
You know what? I'm trying to think if I even know a May. I couldn't let it go by. I, I know. I appreciate it. Yeah, oh, I like absolutely. to hit those. I like to hit absolutely. those. Absolutely. Hey, I want to put a shout out. Yesterday, uh, Rita Heikenfeld and I gave a, we do a lot of talks together, and gave a presentation at the uh, Corpus Christi Catholic Church in um, Mount Healthy. And, I was say, not Texas. <laughs> no. And it's been there a long time. Springdale, I think, and in, in, uh, in, uh, Hamilton Avenue. Been there a long time, and uh, they had us over to talk with their senior group yesterday. And the reason I want to put a shout out is that as we were pulled in the parking lot and we were getting things unloaded, and you know we take a lot of props and things with us to to give the presentation. But anyway, I noticed the field, and it looks like about a three acre field. They weren't able to tell me how big this was, but about a, a three acre field or so, right behind the. And I think they have about thirty acres that they own in the corner there, so they've got a lot of property that was all starting to flower with all kinds of wildflowers. And so after we got stuff out of the truck, I drove over to the other side of the parking lot where this field is, and it was just loaded with milkweed, false sunflowers. I mean, it had a prairie wildflower mix. And I'm talking three acres. This thing is huge. And it was just start some of the uh, fall sunflowers just starting to flower a little bit. Milkweed starting to show a little bit on the edges. Ours are too. I'm and they, to tell you yeah, that. just yeah. starting to show a little color. And so they went in, and there's actually uh, they cut a couple paths, like a maze, back through this. And so when we got in to do the presentation, I just for right off the bat because I always talk about being friendly in the garden and planting pollinator plants and all of that. And I said, I've got to find out here is that some kind of a you know way station back here where you guys done and somebody that has overseen that and i think she said that was their second or third year for doing this and that's what it is and it's a pollinator i mean three acres worth of it's huge and then they cut out these paths so you can walk through it and see all the things as they're flowering oh that's great it's absolutely gorgeous and just getting started that's not open to the public it's for them to use obviously sure. on their property but but to take the time to do that and yeah. to commit that three acres and the, the, the labor to do that i mean it's all volunteer work um, was phenomenal, and it takes. I learned from our state apiarist, Barb Bletcher, that it takes about three acres of pollinators flowering like that to support one hive. So you you know you start thinking about what it really takes to support a beehive. How about that? That's that would support technically a hive or did, maybe two, but you do know, they have one there on the property? No, but the lady that's overseeing it, her husband is a beekeeper. Ah. So, but it was just, they wanted to do it because of the pollinator issue and, you know, create the butterfly garden. And, and, and typically if you create a butterfly garden, you are creating a pollinator garden because all the other pollinators enjoy it as well. And hummingbirds. But, and a hummingbird. So anything that's a you, pollinator, you know. We, you know we, we've talked about hummingbirds a lot because we just absolutely love them. Put our feeders out this year and we can't see, not, not the usual activity around the feeder. It's like, how come they aren't, you know, is there something wrong with the water? We change it regularly. We keep it very clean because of the, the this bird disease that's going on. We don't want to have it spread through the humming po- hummingbird population. Right. But, so it's regularly maintained. They prefer the flowers. They can, there's all these flowers in our well, yard, the, and, and they, they we the, see them around the flowers all the time. The feeder should be a supplemental. So that's right, what it is. Yeah. And they prefer the flowers. So they'd to rather the have the nectar out of the, out of the flowers. You're right. And work those flowers. And of course, they eat insects too. They eat small mosquitoes, they eat all kinds of small insects. So they're not just a nectar feeder. Um, but yeah. And if you get a whole bunch of them, the populations get really high, that's probably when you start to see more of them at the feeder. Because that's what I always not like, as much as far as get out. I just it's oh, like yeah. a terror, ter- turf battle. I, I still remember when we were in New York one time. We took a trip up to uh, uh, Niagara Falls with the kids, and 
we stopped at uh, wine, one of the wine counties there in, in New York on the way there, and there was like an Amish restaurant or something. And on every corner of the building, they had 15 or 20 hummingbird feeders. And they were loaded. Like they had 100 hummingbirds on every corner of this building. <laughs> so everywhere you looked, there were hummingbirds. I, I've never seen so many hummingbirds in one spot. But they were all vying for yeah. that. You know, yeah. and there's, the males are very territorial and they're flying at each other. And yeah. But you put them on each corner so you know you and you know so you got all – it was pretty cool. I mean, it was great. At, you know, always say dinner and a show. It is. That was because you could sit in the restaurant and see at least two of them all the time, and they were covered Love with hummingbirds. Those. So. Love those little guys. It's I the, the territorial part. There is a, a a lone branch that sticks up. It's probably 30, 40 feet up. It's top of a tree. It sticks up. And it'd be a little hummingbird sitting up there all the time and just waiting and looking at the hummingbird feeder until some other hummingbird came along and it would tear down, Back down and immediately. Get off of that. Like, yeah, right. That's my, get away from my bar. His whole job was just sit up there and just, just be a guard. So much fun. My my sister-in-law lives out in uh, Tucson and their hummingbirds there, I, can't, I forget which one it is, but anyway, they're a little bit bigger. And those things will come right in. They'll just buzz you in the face and look yeah. at you. Yeah, They'll look at your ear like it's... You know, like is there something in here? You also yeah. hear them right next to you. You think it's a, a and, bee or something? Yeah, and, and they're, like, oh and they're right there looking at just, and they don't care. They're right in your face. It's pretty cool if you just sit still. They'll come right up to you and you know buzz around. So, yes, dinner and a show, no doubt about it. But so. again, they love the flowers, so they'll go for those. They'll go for the insects, and hopefully that bird, that hummingbird feeder is kind of just a supplemental issue. So. Right, and well, again, this year it's it's proven to be the case, and in years past, this is, is that they just live off the hummingbird juice and the or the, the sugar water. We don't right. use any color or anything like that. You do the four to one? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, four water, one one sugar. Yeah, you don't boil it? Should we? You, well, no, that used to be the thing. You had to, you boiled it to make it dissolve more, and now you, oh, as yeah. long as you get it to dissolve, uh, you can mix up pre, you know, pre-mixed couple gallons, put them in your refrigerator, Easily. it'll last yeah. uh, for a week or two with no problem. But uh, that's the best way to go. And don't put food coloring in there. They, no. don't, they don't need the red. There was always the assumption that they needed that red color to attract them. And actually, the bird, the hummingbird feeder itself will attract them to that. You don't don't color the... Uh, and you'll still see some of the, see some of the uh, pre-made stuff still colored. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're kind of getting away from that more and more. Very expensive, but if, too, compared to home making. Well, yeah, home. but some people don't want to go through the hassle, so they just buy the gallons of it. But they'll they use now a natural dye versus the the red dye because there was some always a thing out there about the fact that they couldn't digest that, and it caused issues. And I don't think there was ever any scientific research that proved that, but it was a lot of con, you know concern and stuff like that. So they quit using the red dye. And use now veg- vegetable dye, something like that, so it's all natural. But the, you don't have to have the red. It's You can have it nice and clear. But you're right, cleaning it out, changing it out all the time, really important. Very important. And the hummingbirds are smart. If any ants you know, get in there at all, they quit drinking it. It's like almost instantaneously. One little ant floating around in that thing. And that's and it. That's and, done. And ants can be a real issue. You, you get know, one of those buffers. We got the little the moat. Got a copper moat. Yeah. And you just put a little vegetable oil in the bottom of that, and the ants get stuck in that, and they never make yep. it down to the hummingbird. They're really good about making their way down. If they can figure it out, they will absolutely figure it out. Well, we had somebody in last week, and they were talking about their hummingbird free. They kept saying, we put this thing up, put fresh stuff in, and then the next morning it's all gone. And I know the hummingbirds aren't eating it overnight. You know, any idea what it is? Yeah, and I said, I go out there at nighttime and see what the <laughs> – got any raccoons in your area? And they said, yeah. 
I said, trust me. <laughs> We've had that problem get up a there, lot. They'll just grab that thing and turn it up like a cup and drink out drink of that. Out of it. Yeah. Raccoons are scary. They are, and they are unbelievably smart. I think they could tie your, tie your shoes they if they could, wanted to. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Ron, hang on. We're going to take a quick break here. We'll be right back. More with Ron Wilson. 817-55-KCD Talk Station. Buy some motor eggs and get rid of the smells in your... Uh, uh, bluegrass, Kentucky bluegrass uh, featherbed bench and uh, Northern California Sensamia. 821. The 55KRC, the talk station. It's a very happy Friday. It's always a happy Friday when Ron Wilson is in the studio. We get to talk about what a wonderful world it is. Say it. It can be. You're looking at the right things, and that's what we're looking at every time we talk to Ron Wilson. Listen to him tomorrow morning. Uh, I will be sleeping, but Ron will be on the air nationwide. And you won't be there. No, I, I know I that. I assure you. Oh, well, I, I said I'm you wouldn't. Being I, straightforward I'm with, with you. I'm 100%. I wouldn't be there either. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Uh, what else are we talking about? Oh, a lot of questions this week about planting the vegetable garden, and my answer is yes. 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 Yes, you can still plant. Yes, you can still plant everything, annuals, whatever. Even with the hot temperatures coming in next week, it's for a couple of days. I mean, the spring starts, the astronomical astronomical spring starts, astrological spring starts, uh, what, June 22nd, 21st, something like that. So it's kind of there. The meteorological spring started the 1st of June. It's ha- it's going to happen. and Well, those things grow quickly. I can just only point it's out. A, well, it's amazing when it starts to get warm like that, how much faster they grow. So it actually will start to bring them on, and you just have to stick with them as far as watering. Water. And realize it's going to dry out a little bit quicker. I think the other thing you have to remember is if you've planted uh, hydrangeas and things like that that have a lot of new growth on them, when we get in these really hot days, when it gets above 85, 90 degrees, and it's really sunny, you'll see that new growth really start to wilt down a little bit during the daytime. Don't overwater your plants. The thing to do is take a look at them in the evening or first thing in the morning. If they've recovered and they look normal, then that means they've got enough moisture in the ground. You don't have to water. Oh, okay. They're just not able to bring up enough moisture to support that at this stage. And that'll happen over a two- or three-week period. And I think sometimes we wind up killing a lot of new plants, especially hydrangeas, because we think they're not getting enough moisture. So we water every day. I, Seems, keep, yeah. I keep watering it every morning, and it still wilts down by 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Well, first of all, stop watering it and tell me what happens. by. And, of course, yeah, they're, they're right. It's right back up in the morning. No big deal. So watch your watering, but again, if it gets really hot, stick with them. Container-wise, stick with them. But as far as planting, you can still continue to plant. And somebody said the other day, I don't think I'm going to plant this tree. I'm going to hold off till the fall because we're getting into the summer. Well, the thing of it is, if I had planted it six weeks ago or eight weeks ago, I'd still be watering it this summer the same amount that I would have been watering had I planted it or planted six weeks ago if I planted it today. I'd still be doing the same amount of watering. So whether you plant it now or you planted it eight weeks ago, it doesn't really matter. You still have to water the same. So if you still need to get that tree or shrub in there, you still need to plant a few roses, uh, annuals obviously, vegetables obviously, you still have time to do that. And the watering is going to be exactly what you would have done anyway, no matter whether you planted last fall or earlier this spring, it's all still going to be the same as we go through the summer. And it is going to start to get hot, so obviously you're going to have to stick with it. In containers... If by chance you've got a lot of containers, and like I do, and you have like window boxes and things like that, and they dry out quickly, don't forget the product called Soil Moist. It's those small oh, you've polymers. That before, yeah. yeah, and they really can help you out when it comes to watering, especially in smaller containers, especially in hanging baskets. If you've already got them made and you didn't add it to them already, 
All you have to do is just take a pencil or a wooden dowel, poke some holes down through there. Like vertical mulching. Yeah, and sprinkle a few little crystals in there. Every time you water, those will swell up, hold the moisture. When it dries out, it re-releases. So it cuts your watering basically in half. That's great. It's like baby diapers. They have those little things. It's the same type of product, but the baby diaper one's a little different than the polymers that you would use in the garden. Well, I wasn't saying tear open baby diapers. Well, folks do. And can you do that? Yes, you can, as long as they're clean. You can use that, but it's not the same type of polymer that is being sold like as soil moisture through the garden centers. The one at the garden centers will actually last a couple years for you. The ones out of the diapers will not. It's a one-season thing. So you can use those if you want to. As a matter of fact, the polymers that they sell through the garden centers are actually, they also have them for professionals that are in a diaper-type uh, pad that you glue or stick onto the side of it like the inside of a hanging basket. Huh. So for commercial-wise, they can just stick it in there, put the soil in there, and move on. Uh, so they do actually sell those in a diaper-type form for commercial growers. But anyway, soil moist will really help to cut down on your watering through the summer season. Now, that, that would be for container gardening. You, it was originally developed for using in the soil in places where you couldn't go out and water all the time. So you mix it in huh. with your soil, soaked it really well. You didn't have to go out quite as often to water the trees and shrubs. So either But or. then it was like, boy, this is going to be great for containers. So now it's mostly used for containers. Fair enough. Good advice. Ron Wilson, we'll have one more segment with him, get a plan of the week as well as some additional information. After I mentioned affordable medical imaging, affordable. It's a difficult word to find uh, in practice. Deep Talk Station. It is 8.30 right now, 55 Care City Talk Station. One more segment with Ron Wilson, followed by Jason Williams from the Enquirer. Apparently, uh, John Barrett believes that we need a uh, an arena with a retractable roof, Ron. Yes. It is a priority right there for the, uh, well, <coughs> usually cash-strapped city. Uh, we'll talk with uh, Jason after we get done with Ron here. What do we what else we got to talk about, Ron? Uh, well, that retractable roof. <laughs> no. Uh, let's see. What else do we have to talk about? Let's not go down that right? Yeah, let's not go down there. You're, you are going to in a little while. Yeah. Uh, a lot of calls over the last couple of weeks, folks, um, that have like crab apples and other trees that are have these suckers coming out around the base of the tree, oh, right sure. around, right at the ground. It becomes a pain in the rear end going out there, clipping those out all the time. I know that well. The question always comes up, why do they do that? And what is there something else I can do besides clipping those things off of there all the time? And you don't want them to grow, so don't ever let them grow. It's a, it harbors insects and disease and all kinds of things, and it's not typically the tree that's growing on the top. Right. The reason we see those is that most of those trees are grafted. So it's a, it's a tree that's propagated by man, cultivar. So you take a cutting from the parent tree, graft it onto a rootstock that's the, a similar type tree that will be compatible for that rootstock, and then that tree grows on top. The rootstock down below supports the tree. Where that graft comes together, a lot of times the rootstock tries to regrow. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. And best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. Go right now to 4 slash on the right to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included for free. So go to 4 slash on on the right, that's four Patriots, the number four, Patriots.com slash on the right. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So those are sprouts from the rootstock that's coming up around the main trunk of the tree that's on the top. So you'll see these sprouts coming up all the time. Sometimes being over mulch can cause that to happen too, but for the most part, it's for grafted trees. And it's a real pain in the rear end because they come up every spring and you're clipping and trying to keep them down. Clipping them down does work, but there's a product out there called Sucker Punch or Sucker Stopper. Monterey Chemical and I think Bonide's the other one, but they are products, that same product, that you can spray on those. It's a growth inhibitor that will stop those from coming up and lasts oh, about wow. one season. Now, it's expensive. Um, for a ready-to-use bottle, it's probably like 40 bucks or so. Ooh. But it lasts forever, so you can leave it outside. You can even freeze, and it won't it won't hurt it. Uh, but you're only going to, and then you're done with it. Clip so, and spray. Yeah, and as a matter of fact, if you're doing the springtime before they start to come up, you don't even have to clip. So you just go around the base and spray that area where they oh, usually no come kidding. up, and it's done. So it's sucker punch or sucker stopper, um, and it really does a nice job, and it really saves you on a lot of labor. Um, and again, lasts pretty much the entire season. By the time you get to the end of the, end of the growing season. The suckers have kind of slowed down anyway at that point. But it's from the graft, and that's what they're trying to – the root system is trying to regrow again is well, what that is. What of a plant that is not a graft, did you still get that? Like, for example, I think it's the viburnum that I'm constantly having that battle with. You know, you actually can use it for that as well. But in, in those cases, though, you wind up just clipping it off all the time. Yeah, that's a, just a pain. Yeah, but, and you know, and again, you can spray – you can do that. As a matter of fact, the roots that come out and have suckers that come up off the root – if you're tired of doing that all the time, cutting those off there, you can spray that with the sucker punch or sucker stopper, and it will stop those from coming up as well. Sounds so, like And professional grower, uh, produce growers or fruit growers will actually spot treat it in the tree to stop sprouts and things from coming out in, in the tree as well. So hmm. it's out there for you to, to help cut back on, uh, on that uh, weeding and all that kind of stuff during the season. I know we're running out of time. My plants of the week this week. I brought this so you would say, no, I have no idea what that is. Yep, that's what I'm going to say. Sweet potato. Okay, I'll and, take your word for and it. And a lot of folks don't realize how sweet potatoes are grown, and they're very easily grown, by the way, especially in raised beds. But these are called slips. And if you look, if I pull this out of this pot, there's about 15 slips, rooted cuttings in there that are all bunched together. The way the way that you would get these slips is that you take a sweet potato and actually nestle it into a little bit of water or into a soil that's moist, and a whole bunch of slips will grow off the side of the potato. You break those off and root those, and that's what you plant to grow your sweet potatoes. You don't plant a whole sweet potato. You don't cut it up in pieces. You, you grow the slips. Well, these are the slips. And so you would pull that out of there, tear them all apart, and plant them in the ground. Uh, sweet oh, potatoes. it's not meant to stay in the bundle like that. No, 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 no. They're just okay. like this for okay. you to buy. I got you. So that's how you grow sweet potatoes, and they're very easy to grow in our area. You can do them in wide containers. You can do Raised beds are the best way to go. Um, but they're very easy to grow, very easy to harvest in the fall. You harvest them before it freezes, um, but very easy to do. But anyway, that's how sweet potatoes are grown. That's what that is. Um, you see the ornamental sweet potatoes, the yellow ones and all of that to yeah. grow. It's the same thing, but they're just um, selections that happen to have yellow foliage, uh, and you use them as an ornamental rather than as the regular sweet potato. How much space do you have to put between those slips? You would, you would plant those slips about 18 inches apart. Okay. And then they'll vine and fill that all in for you. Up in Wilmington, they had a, a really cool 12-inch high raised bed on top of landscape fabric. 
filled with a really nice soil, and they planted that whole bed with sweet potatoes. So it was a really cool-looking bed, all flat, nice, these things growing. You could stick your hand right down in that soil and pull those sweet potatoes right out by hand, clip them off, and use them fresh. Or when it came time to harvest in the fall, um, you just kind of pull everything back. There they are, no bruising, no damaging. Pull them out. You cure them so they have a cured uh, uh, skin on the outside, and then store them away for the wintertime. So they're really easy to grow, great in containers, but that's how you get sweet potatoes is from the sweet potato tuber. I the learned something today. Plant of the week, <clears throat> look at that flower. That's beautiful. This is called Indian pink is a common name. The Spigella is the uh, genus. This is a perennial. Um, <clears throat> it's a native, and it does uh, really well in the, in the uh, woodlands and that type of thing, but it'll take sun or shade either way. Um, gets about 24 inches high, 24 inches wide. The flower, to describe it, this one's called Raging Cajun, by the way is a tube sticking straight up. It looks like cro- cro- crocosmia. Or honeysuckle almost. Yeah, kind of. But the flower is on a long stem, and the bottom one opens first, and then they just continue to open up that stem. It's a brilliant red on the outside. On the inside, it's totally yellow. It's beautiful. Isn't that something? Yeah, it And really it's a great is. color. So when you imagine this perennial being 24 inches high and wide and in flower like that through the summer, what a they show. last all summer. Yeah. It'll, oh, it, that's it'll, fantastic. It's a really heavy heavy flower in uh, late spring, early summer. Then it comes back, comes on for you through the rest of the year. But there's a picture of one in full bloom. Beautiful. Isn't that something? It's have... called Spigella or Raging Cajun Indian Pink, and that is our perennial of the week. I have to get some of those. My, my wife, if she wasn't out of town, she'd probably be saying, we have those. They're over in the so-and-so. It's yeah, like, you, okay, you probably yeah, do. probably do. Ron Wilson. Membership right there. It is affordable, and you get to stay up on local politics. Jason Williams, welcome back to the program, my friend. It's always good to have you on. How we doing? Uh, great to be back on. Always look forward to it. And I started chuckling when I saw what you wanted to talk about this morning. Of course, I read about it in the Inquirer. Fortune 500 CEO. Cincinnati really needs an arena, ideally with an attract- or retractable roof. You and Sharon Coolidge doing the reporting on this one. Um, John Barrett, of course, a big supporter of the city of Cincinnati, and uh, as you point out, a big and bold thinker, but... Seriously, do do we need another arena, and do we need one with a retractable roof? I I, I always kind of think we we're we're usually in almost all cases in trying financial times, regardless of the uh, the, the, the the what's going on in the world. But you know, with with inflationary pressures and price of gasoline and budgets being shot, they can't repair all the roads and and, and blah 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 blah. We go on and on. I mean, is is now the time to discuss this? Uh, no, probably not. And, uh, I'm actually weighing in on, uh, I'm going to be weighing in on that for my weekend column on Cincinnati.com and in the Sunday Enquirer. And, uh, you know, I was doing some research yesterday, Brian, and, uh, you know, you look at, uh, you know, I did, I looked at all the, all, kind of all those so-called peer cities that uh, we compare ourselves to, like, you know, Kansas City, St. Louis, Charlotte, Nashville, uh, you know, Columbus, Indy, a couple other ones. They all have modern arenas, and I looked at all the costs and what the costs would have been with inflation if they were built today. And you're looking at conservatively, Brian, building a new arena in that 400 million. It would be about a 400 million dollar price tag Ooh. somewhere. And I'm talking conservatively now. I'm, I'm saying between 300 and 400 million. And now, now, now let's 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 start to put this all in perspective. All those cities have an anchor tenant that, that pay the bills. Uh, you know, they have an NHL team and or an NBA team. We don't have that. We're not going to get that. So the big problem here is, is, is really it's, it's multifold. Uh, not only can we not afford to build it, uh, we have the Bengals obligations and the Reds obligations to those stadiums coming up. We have a convention hotel, which is going to 
more than likely require a public subsidy coming up. Uh, when, and then you throw in that there's no anchor tenant uh, that would pay the bills. And, you know, what are you going to get in return for that 300 to 400 million? And again, that could go well above that by the time all the plans were in place and, uh, you know, it got, you know, underway. It's just it, everywhere you turn here, and, and look, I, I, I don't, I'm not down on, on John Barrett and the folks oh. who are bringing up, you know, the, the fact, I mean, yeah, our, our arena is, uh, goodness, almost 47 years old. Yes, and all I remember. Re- <laughs> it's so old. I remember going to Cincinnati Stingers games there. Yeah, right. Back in the but, 70s, but yeah. We have to, we kind of, we kind of, you know, you put all those the financial obligations, the lack of an anchor tenant, uh, the, you know, the other priorities, um, no money in the, you know, the, the tight bank account. There's not going to be any tax increases to build a new arena. Uh, it, it just everywhere you turn here, you're like, unless somebody comes up with something super duper creative to, to, to pay for this, or unless someone swoops in and says, we want to move our NBA or NHL team to Cincinnati, and let's be honest, that's not going to happen nope. with the NBA 100 miles down the road in Indy and the NHL 100 miles up the road in Columbus. Uh, it just, it just isn't, it's just, it's not reality. And, uh, you know, and again, I, I, I don't fault those folks for bringing it up. Uh, but I do think if you bring it up, you, you should probably have a suggestion or two for how to pay for it. Yeah. And, uh, we've not heard that. <laughs> that's usually the first thing I think of Jason, but I grew up on the West yeah, side. That, so that we, was a question that, <laughs> yeah, Sherry Coolidge and I on our podcast asked that question and, uh, we didn't get an answer, no, and I, uh, you know I, I'm not. I'm really not. Tr- I'm not trying to be critical, of John Barrett. I, I, I like him a lot. I think he's done a lot of great things for Cincinnati. Yeah. Like, uh, but this one was this one was a little like uh, out of left you know, field. I, I, I get the, I get the arena piece too. I get okay. You bring up the arena, but an arena with a retractable retractable roof. Let me also point this out. My research has shown that there are no retractable roof arenas in America. Uh, the last one that the last one there that, that existed was in Pittsburgh and that was torn down a decade ago. Well, uh, you know, there were retractable roof stadiums, uh, Milwaukee, Dallas, uh, you know, Arizona, a handful of other places have retractable roof, you know, football or baseball stadiums, but not 20, 25,000 seat arenas. Um, and so you, you wonder why that is. I haven't come across the answer. My hunch is, A, you know, it's a retractable roof, so that's already crazy expensive. And, B, is that you would probably have to put in all this drainage infrastructure oh, in yeah. and essentially, essentially an indoor arena, and that's a huge extra cost, and that's why people don't do them. And I, I, that, that's just sort of my gut feeling on that. Well, that, yeah, it's beyond gut feeling. They're, they're, if, if, if they were a great thing, then there would be at least one out there. <laughs> so, Jason. Right, we got, yeah, right. We'd have we'd have we'd have more we'd have more than zero. <laughs> well, on that comical note, let's pause because we have a shenanigans declaration coming up. The talk station.
It's 8.50 here at 55KRC Talk Station. A very happy Friday. Hope you have some great plans for the weekend. If you don't, well, well you might want to consider Donna Schwaben's Schwabenfest, which is taking place today and tomorrow. Information on my blog page, 55KRC.com. In the meantime, I'm declaring a it's a declaration of shenanigans, Jason. I hate when this kind of stuff comes out, whether it's from Republicans or Democrats, but a little disparity in terms of how money's being handed out in the state of, of Ohio, and you are referring to it as pork barrel, and I think I have to agree with you. This is it involves a $2.4 million Ohio grant for a new community swimming pool. Give my listeners the uh, scoop on this one, Jason. Yeah, so uh, there's about 680 uh, projects given out in the capital, or money given out to 680 projects in the in the capital budget. And that capital budget comes every two years, uh, even year. And uh, it's just basically, uh, I'm talking about community projects. So all these communities, uh, you know, hey, I want I want some money for a park or I want some money for my museum or, you know, the, the, those types of things or a swimming pool or, and, uh, you know, you go down the list and you see, uh, there's, there's, uh, there's this community pool in Lima, Ohio, that's getting $2.4 million. Well, there's only three projects of this and, and 191 million was doled out to 680 projects. So 2.4 was the highest with the exception of, Three other projects in the state each got $2.5 million, and one of those was also in Lima. Ooh. It was for a community college program. And then you start to look, huh, what, what's, up, what's up with Lima? Uh, you, know, it's the 20, you know, it's in Allen County, 26th largest county in the state. So, you know, pretty much mostly a rural county. Uh, and you're like, oh, well, that, that happens to be the hometown of both the Senate president, Matt Huffman, and the House Speaker Bob Cup, and you know, give I you know give Matt Huffman credit. He didn't dodge my questions, and he just basically acknowledged, like, you know, yeah, uh, it's that, it's that, good uh, to be king. His job is, is to bring money home for his hometown, his home county, um, and uh, but but here's here's I think there's a bigger picture here, Brian. And the Buckeye Institute identified, by the way, it's a nonpartisan you know government watchdog group in Ohio. Uh, that identified that as one of their top ten worst. Uh, they identified that as their number one, uh, you know, worst pork barrel uh, project in this budget. Um, but I think there's a bigger picture, Brian, and that there's this lack of uh, kind of an own overall uniform process and how this money is is doled out. Essentially, it's who you know and what you know and who's your friend and and uh, you know that that kind of thing is really who gets the money. And I think what's frustrating about it is when you look at it, and, and, and let me point this out too, Brian, $2.4 million alone for a pool. Now, now Allen County got a little over $7 million total. But that $2.4 million alone for that pool was more than 72 entire counties in the state received out of this capital budget. Now, wow. you, you, might, you might say there, there's going to be people who argue, well, there are some of those counties that didn't even ask for a total of 2.4 million. Well, yeah, okay, but uh, sure, I get that. Uh, but you can't tell me that 72 entire counties uh, receiving less than 2.4 million, less than this pool, is a is a fair process. Is a, and, and and let me point this out too. Uh, you know, Butler County, Warren County, both double the size yeah. of Allen County got less money. Uh, than Allen County, not not less than that pool, 
but less than Allen County. Right, and, and that's so, what I was going to go to. There's no population-related, uh, you know, d- d- division of the, of the booty here. It just depends on who you know and who your representative is and how influential they are in scoring money. Well, that's right, and uh, you know, the process was changed under John Kasich when he basically said, "Hey, I want the local, I want the local areas of this state, the po- local pockets of this state, to all get together." And, you know, you, you have your business communities and your, your, you know, your community leaders there. You all get together and vet the projects and then send us your list up to, up to Columbus or give it to your delegation and bring it up to Columbus. Well, essentially, that created a rubber stamp deal for the politicians. Uh, and, and it also, and again, I'm, I'm not critical of any one individual uh, other than maybe John Kasich here. Well, that's okay uh, but, with me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, but, but. but Look, you look at Cincinnati's list, and you're like, it's 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 who you know and who your lobbyist is, and uh, you know, you, you, I went down the list, and and I I went gone through every one of the projects on the Hamilton County list, and it's just like, you know, you just shake your head, and and it's uh, you know, but until and I know there are politicians, there are Republican politicians, there are Democratic politicians who do not like this process. I'm talking about state state uh, state house folks. But until they start speaking up and speaking out on this, I think you're going to continue to see the status quo and that uh, the people who know people are going to get the money and the people who don't aren't. Well, and thank you for writing about it, because, again, this is not an RRD thing. This is simply a question of uh, propriety and what's right and what's wrong. And this, I think, is wrong. Jason, always a pleasure having you on the program. We'll continue to read what you write and the others write at Cincinnati uh, Enquirer at Cincinnati.com. I enjoy our conversations. I'm looking forward to next Friday. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. And as always, best of health to you and your loved ones. Hey, back at you, Brian, and same to 55KRC listeners. Always appreciate every Friday and catch you next week. Looking forward to it, my friend. Take care. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. And best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. Go right now to 4 slash on the right to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included for free. So go to 4 slash on the right. That's 4Patriots, the number 4, Patriots.com slash on the right.